This is Matt Hurt at Obsessive Viewer on Twitter. And this is Tiny at Obsessive Tiny on Twitter. And this is ObsessiveViewer.com's The Obsessive Viewer Podcast. Welcome to The Obsessive Bureau, where a weekly movie and TV podcast that covers a specific topic, be a genre, trope, movie, or show, every episode. Each episode, is what I usually say. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, you can find back episodes of the podcast at ovpodcast.com or on any... Um, podcast app available to you also find the blog at obsessiveviewer.com and subscribe to the subreddit at r slash obsessive viewer and you can also help support the podcast at patreon.com slash obsessive viewer and also follow us on letterbox uh i'm at obsessive viewer and tiny is at obsessive tiny how do you feel about letterbox so far tiny have you used it recently? oh yeah totally I've, I've checked in with all the all the movies i've been watching lately nice Me i like it too i like it too i'm i'm really getting into it I'm, i like uh writing the little review blurbs because it's not like like i i'm i'm i have like a system that i'm writing these little tiny review blurbs and that's kind of making me think like okay how would i expand this into a longer form review mm-hmm. so i'm hoping that next year coming like in like from now on it'll help uh motivate me to actually write more reviews because if you go to obsessiveviewer.com you won't see that many reviews uh lately um Though I did write a review of the good dinosaur, so right. Yeah. If they uh, if they make an app, it will be perfect. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> app, absolutely. Hey. Yeah. So anyway, thank you for listening, guys. Uh, that's <laughs> it. Uh, we can't move up from there, but um, <laughs> that's that's as good as it gets. Yes. Just kidding. <laughs> Tiny, how's it going? You know, it, it's it was a rough weekend, but Christmas is almost here. So yeah. Yeah. Um, so, so this week on the podcast, we are discussing, um, probably one of the most, um, hyped up movies since we've been alive, really. Yeah, definitely. I mean, it's, it's been, it's been a long road for fans of the franchise. Mm -hmm. Um, and if listeners remember last week, um, (laughs) they might, uh, want to burn me at the stake. Oh, I'm sure, I'm sure they're. They're teeming with disdain. Yes. We actually got some good feedback on Did that. We? Yeah. We got some bad um, stuff too. Yeah. Yeah. Right. In person mostly. Right. 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 Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> but anyway, this weekend we saw Star Wars Episode 7, The Force Awakens. Yes. Um, and so this episode is basically going to, it's likely just going to be a long review of it because I don't, I don't, we might run it over. Um, mm. unfortunately, Mike couldn't make it to this, to this recording, which is such a bummer because I it really is. want, to discuss this with him, but yeah. um, he has some pretty important stuff going on in his life. So, yeah, very important. Um, yeah, so hopefully, hopefully, here in a couple weeks, if we can get him on for the year in review episode, we can like isolate a time for him to talk about his yeah. thoughts on the Force Awakens. Give him sixty seconds. Yeah, totally. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, uh, first of all, so so before we get into the actual review of the movie itself. Um, I just want to talk about like like we normally do our circumstances going into the movie, uh, like the environment and the energy and stuff like that. Uh, since we saw it together, um, do you want to talk about just the experience of going to see it? Um, 
on opening night at the 10:30 showing. Absolutely. Yes. Yeah, we saw it Thursday night, obviously, like like Matt said, at uh, 10:30. Mm-hmm. Um, saw it here in Indianapolis on the South Side. We saw it in IMAX 3D. Mm-hmm. Um, and so this the showing that we went to was the second one. Like I think the earliest one was at seven. I think that was the earliest screen. I think so at that location. Yeah. Um, and there, I don't think there were many other locations or many other screenings around the city that were earlier than that. Right. So we were kind of like the second group to kind of see it at that place. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, we went with uh, our friends. Uh, many been in a guest on the the podcast many times. Mm-hmm. Uh, Robert Feckus got the tickets. Right. Um, he got them early. Like, yeah. Like early. Like like. Illegally early, almost. Yeah, I didn't know the story until yeah. he told it to us when we we went to Hooters before the movie. Basically, um, it was like two days before they went on sale. Yeah, and he wasn't sure if he could get them then or not, and he just went up to the employee at the theater and said, "Hey, can I get tickets for Star Wars?" <laughs> and she was like, "Sure." Like she didn't know. Yeah, and he got like nine tickets, mm-hmm. and turns out she wasn't supposed to sell them to him. Right. It was like, uh, I think it was like the day that they announced that it was going to be, yes. when it was going to be on sale. Right. And then they were in the system, so he, they were able to just do it. Yeah. So he he may have been the first person in, in Indianapolis to get tickets mm-hmm. for Star Wars. Or the world. Well, not the world. But not, not the world. No, not so much. But, but um, still pretty cool. Yeah, so that was pretty cool. That yeah. was awesome. So there were, what, were there nine of us there, I believe? There was nine, I think. Yes, yes there were nine. Um, It's hard to keep track of people yes um <laughs> but i will mention that i uh so so if you listen to last week's episodes ov 144 and ov 145 i had choice words to say about uh star wars as a saga mm-hmm. and uh it turns out people listen to this show <laughs> uh <laughs> most notably our our friends uh robert Fackus's brother peter um sam and all them um so so while we're in line for the movie uh, those guys decided to mention that, uh, like out loud in a sea of Star Wars fans say, <laughs> this guy said that, um, Star Wars is a bad franchise and you're wrong for liking it <laughs> <laughs> repeatedly. <laughs> so, you know, I, I thought that, uh, yeah, I was very uncomfortable. It, it but could, it could have gone awry. It could have, it could have, it could very have very awry, but it was pretty funny. Everyone yeah. was pretty lighthearted about oh, it. Oh, it so. was, I don't even think anyone knows, like, paid that close attention but right. it, was, it was it was fun it was fun um yeah it's, it's kind of crazy how much fun you can have with a group of people just standing in line oh absolutely or something that's just fun oh yeah because we were standing we got there at nine twenty. maybe we started standing in probably line. yeah no maybe like yeah maybe, maybe like earlier 9, than 10, that because yeah. we left hooters at like right about yeah. right before nine because the theater wouldn't let us wouldn't let people into the theater until 90 minutes before the, before the screening. Right. Um, so by the time we got there, like that theater, it's on the south side. It's, uh, it's in Southern Plaza parking, uh, uh, shopping plaza or whatever. Um, in that theater, I, I go to there, I go there fairly frequently. And, uh, that was the first time, like, it, I mean, it's been, it was just packed. Like, like I had to, par- I couldn't park in the parking lot of it. And this is a big IMAX theater. So they have, mm-hmm. Like a massive parking lot. Um, I had to park across the way in a different, in a different, uh, business's parking lot. Like, not even, I don't even think it was a parking spot. It was just kind of <laughs> off to the side, like, kind of like, uh, where just a line of people were parking. So the place was just loaded yeah. with people. There were people parked in the grass. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So it was, I had to park like as far away as possible <laughs> and still be in the parking lot. Right. Like it was, it was like a quarter mile. Seriously. It was crazy. Yeah. 
Yeah, um, uh, yeah, and I, I, yeah, and it's insane because I can definitely, I mean, I can definitely relate to that. I mean, it's probably the same distance as where I parked. I mean, I live one of those. Yeah. One at a time, like I lived that <laughs> one. At, I I nice. butchered that. Anyway, so so yeah, the Force Awakens, big movie. Um, yep. you know, I you know I didn't have anything else going on. I'm not gonna make those jokes. I'm not gonna make those jokes. <laughs> it's over. It's over. Um, so before we actually get into our broad strokes, um, um, discussion of the movie. By the way, we won't spoil it until we spoil it. Um, we'll have a spoiler section. Yeah, like what we're gonna do is we're gonna talk about the movie, our thoughts on it, and we're gonna s- discuss it in broad terms. And then what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna cut, I'm gonna cut it there. And then after you hear uh, the closing music of the episode is when we'll get into a spo- spoiler discussion. So you'll have ample time to to get to it. Um, so how what were you feeling before you got but what like right before? Like when we got to our seats and right before it started, like what was going through your mind? <laughs> I don't know. I was just so focused on everything. I was like, man, I don't want to like burst into tears like a, like a, like a pansy. Right. Um, I don't want, but I don't want it to like, I don't want to spoil the specialness of it also at the same time. Mm-hmm. I was kind of like, I, I definitely wasn't a stick in the mud, but like I really wasn't being that conversational. Like, I noticed. Like, like yeah. <laughs> you're fine. <laughs> like even at dinner, like we went, we got dinner before with, mm. with some, some of the guys who saw the movie with, I, I really wasn't saying that much. I was mostly just listening and stuff just cause I was just thinking about episode seven and it was just like, present in my mind um i had to work that day too so mm-hmm. like all day at work i was just like bum, 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 <laughs> bum, 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 and i sit right next to my manager um so by like mid- the middle of the day he uh he made me a countdown clock and emailed it to me <laughs> and so i opened it up on my computer and i saw that on, on facebook that's yeah. fantastic so because he, he saw it that night too so yeah so i was just i was just so excited all day mm-hmm. long like i I told my manager, I was like, look, I don't know how productive I'm going to be today. I'm going to not get a damn thing done. He was like, just try. Nice. Um, so I was just... Do or do not. There is no try. Th- yeah, that's what he said. See what I did there? You did. I made, it, I you, made a reference. You made a Star Wars. I did. You made a Star Wars <laughs> reference. Um, so yeah, I, I was just... I was just... Uh, I was drenched in anticipa- anticipation all day long, all week, really. But um, yeah, th- th- that Thursday at work was so difficult. Yeah. Um, but yeah, leading up into up to it, I was I kept checking my watch like ten minutes, fourteen minutes, thirteen minutes. <laughs> uh, I was that douchebag. So, Jeez. Um, I just, I was just so excited for it. Mm-hmm. But like I said, most excited I've ever been for a movie. Right. Right. I uh, I was also excited. I like I said before, I was excited for this movie, and I I fully went in expecting it to be a good experience and expecting me to like it. Um, and like. <laughs> I may I got a lot of jokes in um, before you the movie, did. and it was very enjoyable to me. Um, <laughs> one that I want to point out that I didn't really, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't say it with the intended inflection or the intended context that it, that it did. But <laughs> right before the movie started, right before the preview started, there was uh, it was before the actual trailers. They had the like first look thing where they had you know just commercials from different things, mm-hmm. um, and one of them was a Star Wars themed one. <laughs> And it shows this little kid wearing a Star Wars shirt. <laughs> and so I just blurted out, just just trying to... I don't know. I didn't mean this in any uh, malicious way or whatever. But I was like, oh, look, he has a Star Wars shirt just like you guys. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's right. And, and I think Peter in particular took maybe a little bit of offense to that. <laughs> yeah. 
Because <laughs> they didn't mean it in a mean spirited, like, oh, look at you guys. You guys are like a kid's thing. Right. But it was. Uh, that I, was I pretty was, funny. I was pretty proud of it, to be honest. I, I really was. Um, yeah. So. Okay. So, yeah. Well, so let's not. Let's stop dancing around it, really. Yeah. Um, those trailers. No. Um, <laughs> uh, so we saw it th- IMAX 3D. Um, our, our seats were kind of close to the screen, off to the left a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, so it wasn't really the ideal seating position f- for me, at least, but, yeah, um, sure. it didn't, it did, it wasn't bad. Yeah, it wasn't um, bad. Yeah. So I remember, I, what was it? Like, I remember, I, I remember not, I, like, I've never been a big Star Wars fan. I've, mm-hmm. I've, go, I've been on record saying that. And I'm, I'm not, I didn't go in expecting it to like change my life or anything, but mm-hmm. I did go into it expecting to enjoy it. So like, like when I took a shower before I left to, left to meet you guys for dinner, I mean, I, I was humming the Imperial March. Um, and then right before, right before like the, the final trailer or, or, uh, right before a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away popped up, mm-hmm. like it, like I just felt this very weird tension in, in my body, like, Holy! This is happening. This is about yeah, to happen. Yeah, and like it was, it was weird. It was like, it was like, it was like the force was calling to me. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so so why don't you go ahead and just say what you thought about the movie overall, and then we can, we, I'll give mine, and then we can unpack it from there. Okay, sure. Um, obviously, I loved it. I mean, I I really just had no doubt that I was not. I didn't have any you know illusions that I wasn't going to love it. Um, and 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 thankfully, it delivered. On in that respect, um, it was just I, I was surprised at how quickly the just the, the the luster of the fact that I was watching more Star Wars for the first time in a decade, um, how quickly that luster just kind of wore off, and I was just into the story. It started it started with the crawl. Like, cause I was, I was just like, up until that, I was just like, oh my God, it's more Star Wars. Oh my God, it's more Star Wars. <laughs> and then the crawl started and I was like, well, I don't want to miss anything. And so I just kind of focused from there and really just, mm-hmm. just fell into the story and just, just kind of went for the ride, you know? Um, and so I, th- I'm glad that that's how I reacted. Cause I didn't want to, I was worried about, you know, seeing it opening night with a bunch of people. Mm-hmm. I was worried I was going to be distracted by things and, 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 and caught up in the hype of it right you know so, so much of that to to the extent where i wouldn't i wouldn't pick up on all of the little the easter eggs and all mm-hmm. of the all of the facets of the story um but thankfully that like i said it, it wore off in the crawl and i was just like in the story um and and, and thankfully that story <laughs> just just pulled me in i mean it it's it started really well because you know they 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 were the story was very committed to these these new characters we get. Yeah. Um. You know the 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 characters from the past uh, were present and they were more than cameos, obviously. Right. But uh, I I was just so enthralled by this new story with these new characters that uh, up until I saw this movie, you know, I I had I had zero emotional stake in these characters. I didn't know anything about them. Um. But by the end, I was just totally hooked and just like they're in the same arena as as the the characters from the first six films. I mean, mm-hmm. I just, I'm just are so, so quickly became emotionally attached to them and want to see more. Um, and, and I think that's, that was what the movie really had to achieve. You know, it couldn't, it couldn't just put in placeholder characters and, and, and it couldn't, it couldn't focus all of its energy onto 
Leia and Han Solo and all these all the characters from the past. You, know, you have to you have to pay them homage and respect those characters while creating a new story. And the movie ba- the movie just balanced that beautifully, just beautifully. Um, and I, I was just so so beyond satisfied with it. Um, few nitpicks here and there. Mm-hmm. Uh, there there's one scene in particular. Uh, I won't discuss it till we get to spoilers. Right. Um, but one scene in particular, I really did not like. Um, I didn't hate it, but I just, I didn't like it. I think it really was kind of rushed. Um, so there's a couple things here and there, but I mean, I would give it a nine out of ten. Nice. I just, I just absolutely loved it. Nice. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I I kind of wish I would have. I I wish I would have written this out. <clears throat> written out something to to say for my broad strokes and everything because I'm gonna fumble this and everything. But, um, so I've seen this movie twice. Yeah. Um, and, uh, like, okay, I. <laughs> this is gonna sound so so freaking lame. <laughs> um, because in my head, I, I so during my second screening of it, I I kind of had this. Not this really revelation, but I, like this kind of cute little, not cute, but this kind of like funny little uh, comparison in my brain. Like, it seems like my, you could really uh, take the three hours worth of podcast that we recorded last week about Star Wars mm-hmm. and boil my perception of the franchise down to, it's it's like, it's like I'm battling with two sides of something like there's there's the like critic a, side like a, a, a light and a dark exactly side. <laughs> exactly there's like there's like the the side of me that represents like my love of just fandom and, and not even love of fandom but just like the part of my brain that wants to be a fan of something and be a participant in something huge and far-reaching and then the other side is me is my critical brain who wants to be uh, who wants to analyze a, a film for objectively and, and analyze analyze its merits and its its shortcomings and everything like that and those things are kind of constantly battling and everything and there's not really good balance yet but um mm-hmm. but um and then i planned this but i didn't i didn't write <laughs> it out but um so i used to think like i, I used to think long ago that um uh, that you know star wars was just a bunch of mumbo jumbo um but uh, uh, but no, they're they're real. The original trilogy and the prequels, they're 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 real. I'm butchering that line. Anyway, wow. anyway, it's all, it's all true. It's all true. That's the word I was looking for. <laughs> Dang it! But you're really not a fan. Uh, well, I've seen the movie twice. Damn it. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, but uh, I I'll just get to it. I loved this movie. Um, yes. Not without its shortcomings. Um, not without its criticisms. But mm-hmm. I this was such a fun. Fun movie, um, such a fun movie. But um, <laughs> no, this was such a blast. Like seeing seeing this world, like like thirty years after it's been visited, really uh, in this in this time in this in this type of world, like this lived in universe. Because um, you didn't like you didn't get that from the prequels because they were prequels. But um, mm-hmm. with this, it's like it's it's that same kind of grimy lived in universe and seeing characters populate it like characters that are new and like you said like i was i was the same way i freaking fell in love with these love with these characters there are characters that pop up only a little bit and like i left thinking like one of my first words was needs more poe because yeah (laughs) that character my god we'll get into the actual characters that that come in but every character was just like there's not a bad character in a bunch of the new characters Mm -hmm. um and just the the relationships that form between these characters are just so strong and so such an indicator of why 
of of probably what okay so so the original trilogy i'm i'm i will i'm not too keen on it really and and this isn't like my my enjoyment of the force awakens isn't going to retroactively make me a, a mega fan of the franchise and of the saga i still stand by my comments on the on those episodes but mm-hmm. my god this 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 ignited an, an excitement in me for mm-hmm. The future of Star Wars. It, the, it, it awoken something. It did. There's been <laughs> it, an awakening. It awakened. Um, anyway, um, <laughs> no, so I'm, I'm very much looking forward to seeing what Disney does with this property. And I, and it's, it's funny because I'll, I'll go ahead and just say that I, <laughs> looking back on, on my perspective on the franchise as a whole and on the fandom, like I was very adamant, like I think before we even recorded, um, I, I, I talked to you guys, I don't, I think this was just off the air, but I talked to you guys about how frustrating it was to hear people discuss the, the, the Star Wars saga and then how it seemed like everyone, everyone seems to, like all the diehard fans seems to, seem to always call to like the expanded universe and say like, well, you didn't get the answer of this in the movie, but here in this novel, it explains it fairly well. And that always felt like a cheap thing to me. Like, okay, yeah. well, you know, people write these books to fill in a universe. I feel like they should, the universe should stand on its own. I agree with you 100% on that. Yeah. And this movie doesn't, doesn't do that. Like, it, it doesn't, it doesn't fill in the universe. It does the same thing as what the original movies did. It's true. Yeah. yeah. All of it. Um, <laughs> and, but this was like, this was something, it, I had a unique reaction, cause I was like, I didn't mind that at all, cause this was a, this was a great throwback to what made, um, A New Hope, really, um, my favorite of the franchise, um, work so well. It was such a throwback to that. It felt like a serial. It felt like you, you jump into this universe, you meet these characters, uh, they, they do things, and then you wait until the next one comes out. Mm-hmm. Um, it felt like a very brief, like, like, by the third act, by, or by the ending, about two, uh, three quarters of the way through the movie, I was like, I don't really want this movie to end. <laughs> yeah. I was just so along on the ride. Mm-hmm. Um, and and I had a unique thing right before I uh, start right before my second screening because I kind of started thinking about all the little questions I have because this is a J.J. Abrams movie so there is his classic like mystery box thing that he he likes to to talk about like he mm-hmm. he puts these little things here and there these pieces and we're supposed to we're left wondering about them yeah <laughs> and we'll talk about that in spoilers but I just kept thinking like okay well they introduce so many new things and like, they don't really expand, expand upon them. And then like, I found myself actually Googling what, uh, is Canon, like what, what supplementary reading has been Canon uh-huh. after Disney. So like, there's a couple novels, there's comics and all that. And I was like, I could, I could get into this. Like, yeah. I could actually get into this. Um, so yeah, so the movie itself was, was just such a such a fun adventure movie and such a fun um just a, such a fun return to form for the franchise cuz obviously mm. the prequels were horrible yeah um but it just in in it left on such a such an such a moment of we're getting more of these like so much to the to the point that I kind of wondered like like Disney's planning on, and we can talk about this later. Um, Disney's planning on making, like, pumping out a Star Wars movie every year, and they have plans for, you know, seven, eight, nine, mm-hmm. and then some standalone movies uh, in between each one. And I'm like, what happens after that? Like, yeah. <laughs> there's so much here that they can do so much more. And I'm like, is this 
how's the main saga going to right. end and is it going to end or is there going to be an ever present thing? Um, and that's, that's something that excites me because I don't think about that in terms of, okay, when are we going to get sick of this? When are we going to get sick of, is it going to be like episode 12 that we're going to be like, okay, we're not, I don't care about Boba Fett coming back. <laughs> um, uh, not, he not to anyway. Um, so, yeah, I think kind of an interesting place to kind of start to sort of break it down is mm-hmm. the the setting, both both geographical or well, it takes place in space, <laughs> um. geographical and and the time of it mm-hmm. because this is third. This movie takes place. This is not a spoiler. The movie takes place thirty years after Return of the Jedi, right? So obviously, in that span of time, so much has happened to these characters that we're returning to. Yeah. And so, what I what I appreciated about the film is they didn't take take up a bunch of time dwelling on those things, filling mm-hmm. in that space. There's plenty of, plenty and enough of dialogue and uh, context clues to tell us some of the things that have happened that are influence, influencing the events we're looking at in the movie. Right. Um, and I thought all that was very satis- very satisfying, and it didn't it didn't bog down the movie, but it didn't. There was enough there. It was like right. it was like it was like a good balance. There was enough there to where we weren't wondering what happened, but there wasn't too much to where it was distracting from the story. Mm-hmm. Um, most of it was revealed, like I said, in dialogue and subtle exposition and stuff like that. Um, so I really appreciated the way they kind of filled filled a few gaps. Obviously, there's huge gaping holes of stuff we're we're not gonna right. we're never gonna get i don't think unless they want to recast the characters as young people um there's some talk about that i think right uh, casting a teenage han solo or something mm-hmm. like that um, a han solo movie um but that was i think the the way they exercised that the way they added that to the movie was was really well done mm-hmm. um and and this is a i think it's a fun time to it's a fun time in this this whole franchise, it's a fun point in the timeline to jump in. Mm-hmm. Um, missing all that stuff because, you know, all these characters that we fell in love with when they were younger, they're all, you know, senior citizens now, basically. Right. But their kids are adults. You know, we mm-hmm. didn't have to deal with the, the you know, the young Jake Lloyd, Anakin Skywalker right. crap, you know, for, for some of these characters that are in this movie, they're, they're young adults now and they've, mm. they've become people to an extent, but they're still finding out about their pasts. Um, so it's a fun time to jump in, I think. And, and, and I really appreciated what they did with the characters in the story. Um, and part of that also is the geographical setting because it, it's funny because you, you said that this, this felt like a return to form mm-hmm. and I agree 100%. Yeah. Uh, and it's, it's just so funny because we don't get, we don't get any Tatooine. We, right. we don't get any Coruscant. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it, it all takes place on these new, new planets. And yeah. I mean, there's the Millennium Falcon, but, um, you know, there, there's all these new planets like Jakku and, mm-hmm. um, uh, some other places. Yeah. You know. Whatever the planet was where Maz was. I'm, right. I'm not I sure what planet that yeah, was. Yeah. I can't remember either. Um, so yeah, I mean, it, it, it was very interesting how they, kind of revisited the characters but we didn't go back to really the the places we're familiar with um, right but the prequels did you know we spent plenty of time i mean <laughs> half of phantom menace takes place on uh tatooine yeah um and you know so much cgi yeah <laughs> yeah so i mean it's, it's just funny that you know 
literally the prequels had the same characters, just younger, and it mm-hmm. had the same places. But this feels more like a Star Wars movie than those prequels did. It, absolutely. And I think the Slash Film cast may have mentioned this or another podcast. I've listened to a ton of different podcasts uh, the past few days. But um, they made the mention that it's – and it felt like – even like on, on Jakku, it's like – that's it. It felt like going back to like they were actually filming in the desert. It's not like right. it, it wasn't all green screen and crap like yes. that. Like they were actually in the heat and right. all that stuff. And it just it lent it lent so such a such a uh, a, a realness to it. Yeah. And yeah, yeah. Um. So yeah, and and like I said, I, I have some issues with it that that we'll talk about later. But I kind of mm-hmm. want to. Do you want to kind of run down each new character individually? Absolutely. And uh, um, sweet. Totally. Um, um I th- the 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 story really picks up as far as a new character go, new mm-hmm. characters go with um uh Finn, mm-hmm. who's played by uh John Boyega. Yes. Um he he was a just phenomenal casting for this mm-hmm. for this role. Um and you know, he's he's just the stormtrooper kid. It's it's really cool yeah. that you know, he's not he's not the lineage of some family. Right. He, he's not supposed to be fulfilling some kind of prophecy. Mm-hmm. He's just a kid. He's just a soldier. Yeah. Some random Joe. Yeah. He doesn't even have a name. Right. And he's, he's our protagonist, mm-hmm. at least for the beginning of this movie. Yeah. Um, it's just really, that was such a bold choice to do that. Oh, yeah. And it's something that this franchise has not done before. Yeah. Um, like every single character that you explore pretty much in the first six movies is hugely important mm-hmm. in, in the grand scheme of things and is, you know, some kind of famous, ha, has some kind of fame or uh, story attached to who they are. Yeah. But this is just some dude. He might as well be a clone. Uh, yeah. He, he's, know? he's almost, uh, I wouldn't, I don't know if I would make this comparison, but it's almost to like an extent. He's almost kind of like the, uh, the R2D2 C3PO of the movie. Yeah. Almost. Cause he's, he's kind of our conduit into the, into the story and everything. Yeah. And it's, and it's it's he's such a fantastic character. God, he's great. And and John Boyega, man, he just knocked it so far out of the park. He nailed it. Like yeah. he he has such an energy to him and a charisma, and like he's got this this likability to him while also being like like he's he's a freaking stormtrooper, but he has a conscience. Mm-hmm. So it's it's like that is kind of his big motivator throughout the entire movie is that he's he's got this you know. He's got this, you know, uh, troubled past, but it's not like it's not like a thing that he's wrestling with. It's more he's wrestling with whether or not to tell the people that he's right. a stormtrooper. Right. But he's got this whole energy to him that's like he's he's. I like that it's a character without that much baggage, or yeah. at least uh, at least mystery surrounding him. There's not a lot of mystery mm-hmm. surrounding Finn. It's just he's he's this fun he's guy out, to watch. He's out of place. Yeah. Oh, he's, absolutely. He's really out of place oh, amongst yeah. all these larger than life people mm-hmm. but he still maintains he, he's still able to like be be pretty important and be like uh, be an effective person in oh yeah in the story and mm-hmm. and with this group of extraordinary people i mean he's he's a guy who doesn't really know much i mean right. he's, he, he doesn't really understand how a lot of things work and it's, yeah. it's really funny to see him he worked in sanitation right <laughs> yeah um so he he was i mean i I can't go so far to say that he was a standout mm-hmm. because everyone was a standout. It's um, seriously like, yeah, 
they were all genuinely the standouts. It yeah. was incredible. I, I just I can't pick a favorite. Yeah. Um, and uh, you mentioned the droids, and and God, I just fe- again fell in love with the new droid in this movie. Yes, BB-8. Uh, BB-8. I, I would say with with just this one film, I think he's on par with R two D two. I I'd say that he's he's better than it's, both. And I yeah. That that's a good opinion to have. Yeah. I, I almost felt that way watching it because he just the, his his capability to emote throughout mm-hmm. the movie and do it in such a such a clear way. Mm-hmm. Um, we, he doesn't, you know, throughout the first six movies, C3PO is basically interpreting for yeah, R2D2 a lot. Exactly. And, and that's, that has its charm to it. It's sure. fun. It's, it's a fun thing, but there's a whole new dynamic with, with BB8. He doesn't have a companion. He's, mm-hmm. he's, he's more like a pet or something. Right. Something that has its own personality. And mm-hmm. God, I just, I just loved how he interacted with all the different characters in this movie. Um, he, he had different, different attitudes and personalities mm-hmm. based on who he was interacting with. Right. You know, R2-D2 is just kind of a smart ass no matter who he's dealing yeah. with, with the, maybe with the exception of uh, Luke. Mm-hmm. Um, cause Luke's, he pretty much belongs to Luke. Right. Um, but BB-8 just has this, he has this sense of loyalty and direction about him to where he can manipulate or he can, uh, he can change the way he acts with different people. And it, it just, it had such a great feel to it. He mm-hmm. was, Really funny several times throughout the movie. He was yeah. really, really charming and, and just really, um, you, you just had such an emotional connection to him very quickly. Right. And, uh, and he, gosh, I just, I really just loved him so much. Me too. Me too. And just from the second that he's on screen, I, I just, I was super just enamored with him. Yeah. And that, like, there's a moment, like early in the film, I won't give the context to it, but, um, basically Finn tells him something. And the emotion that BB-8 shows, it's like, it's, it's freaking heartbreaking, it to really be honest. Yeah. It's, it was just so incredible. Mm-hmm. Uh, like I, yeah, and, and it was all practical effects too. So that yeah. was an added bonus. Yep. Um, it's just, I, I'm, I'm so excited to see where BB-8 goes. Absolutely. Me too. Um, he could have his own movie as far as I'm concerned. Oh, totally. Yeah. Yeah. Um, um one of the other, uh, well, they're all notable newcomers, mm-hmm. but, um, uh, I was really excited by, uh, Daisy Ridley playing, uh, Ray. Yes. Um, who is the character, her character, uh, ancillary to Finn and BB-8 is still mm-hmm. very mysterious even after seeing the movie. Right. We still don't know a ton about her. Mm-hmm. Uh, we, we know next to nothing about her really. Yeah. Um, but still, still managed to make her very unique and, and, and she, she's not just some, She's not just some placeholder hero. Mm-hmm. Um, you can tell that she's very important. Yeah. Um, but you don't, you don't know how or necessarily why. Um, but I just, I, I loved, I loved her, her ability to kind of walk that tightrope of, we'll give you a little slivers of things. Again, it's, it goes back to what you said about JJ Abrams. He gives you right. these little pieces of the puzzle and he wants you to fill in the parts and he, sometimes he never gives them to you. Right. Um, and I, I, I was just so enamored by that. You know, it's, mm. I, I think her along with several other things in the movie is going to keep people coming back. And uh, I, I think I can speak for a lot of Star Wars fans saying, I wish episode eight was coming out in a couple months. Right. Cause I just, I want to know what she is and, 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 and how she fits into this grand scheme of things. I can speculate. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't actually know. And, and, um, I just loved her ability. She was kind of discovering, she had to discover a lot about herself as well throughout yeah. this movie and, and seeing her go through those steps. Um, it, it really felt like 
um, A New Hope and uh, um, Empire Strikes Back, where Luke was, you know, finding out who he was, right, and coming into his own, and they packed a lot of that into this one movie. Mm-hmm. It was really impressive how how they did it, um, and I, I'm excited to see. Daisy really do other things. I've, I've oh, never seen too. her anything before. She was yeah, fantastic. I, I think she's been basically just uh, a, a complete unknown. Like yeah, to the, to to the American audience. I think she's right, done right. A couple British things. Yeah, you're she pr- is British. I think you're right. Yeah. Um, but she was just fantastic. Yeah. Like the casting overall for the new characters were was just. I can't imagine a more perfectly cast the experience for for this movie. Mm-hmm. Like there was not a weak link, and there was yeah. no uh, Ahmed Best. <laughs> yeah everyone did their Ahmed best but um <laughs> no but it, it, like no one no one stood out as as a weak link and that's such a that's such a powerful or, or that's that's something that really really um just shows how how much care went into this movie really yeah. and uh i i do want to mention that the first like kind of our our first character that we're really introduced to and uh, aside from bb8 is uh poe dameron yes dameron dameron yeah dameron i'm not By, sure how to pronounce it actually i think it's dameron, dameron. um okay. but uh, oscar isaac which like i said i leaving the theater i was like needs more poe i yeah it like, does i mean i don't know if i've ever been that like like totally sold on a character that quickly mm-hmm. like he's he's got this kind of like uh brash kind of kind of han solo quality a swagger to him yeah um just that first line (laughs) yes that he says to uh kylo ren is just so great it is so great um yeah and and i do wish there was more and and going back to the um the talk of, uh, about how how the friendships are building between these characters and everything. I did say that earlier, right? I think so. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So because I've talked to so many people about this movie. Yeah. Um. No. The 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 strength of this movie for me is the the friendships that were formed between the characters in this movie throughout it. Yes. Um. And that's most notably between Finn and Ray, and then also between Finn and Poe, mm-hmm. um, because they have this very strong, quick bond. Yeah. And there's a moment where, um, you know what? I'll save that for spoilers. Okay. Um, yeah, there, there's just such a, such a camaraderie between like these pairs of characters, really. But Finn, well, Finn is kind of the common link between them. Uh, mm-hmm. Poe and, and, um, Ray didn't really have any interactions, but uh, like, I, I love that those characters feel like a Han, Luke, and Leia to me. Yes. And I cannot wait to see how they develop in, in, right. in future movies. Um, if they all made it through this one, Ooh. um, for the people listening that haven't seen it, the <laughs> two people who haven't seen this movie. Yeah. Um, but yeah, and, and that's one of the reasons why I was kind of thinking like, I hope that it doesn't end with nine. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because like, I'm, I could see this going on for so long and, Me too. and seeing these characters and it's like, I've listened to a lot of podcasts and we're doing this now too. Um, we haven't even mentioned the original cast. Yeah. And we also haven't read, mentioned Kylo Ren or any of the other characters. So we'll get yeah. to the original cast here in a bit. But, um, should we talk about Mr. Adam Driver? Absolutely. There's, yeah. there's some great new antagonists in this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and it, it all, I think uh, most of it hinges on, on the character of Kylo Ren yeah. played by Adam Driver. Um, which just to admit my bias, I am an un, unflinching fan of his everything i've ever seen him do i think he just nailed it um i i 
really think he's a very dynamic actor. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I was, I was beyond excited when he was cast as a antagonist in this movie. Right. And I think he totally delivered. Mm-hmm. Um, his character is, you know, there, there's so much mystery around some of the other ones, but I think they, they kind of lay out everything about him pretty much yeah. right off the bat. He's not very mysterious. Um, right. Uh, and, and it's, 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 Something we should probably talk about in spoilers. Well, but yeah, but <laughs> it played to his. It played to the character's strengths because um, we don't have to waste time revealing things about him. We just get to dive right into this this character, right? And we know what his motivations are, and it's just all right there on the screen. And we're ju- it's just thrust right at you. And I mean, he's. I again, I think I hate to say something so controversial, but I think he's almost on the level of Darth Vader within one movie nice. so quickly like this. And you know, that that's, that's a lot to say because Anakin Skywalker is the crux of the entire franchise. Yippee. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Anakin Skywalker is the only character that's in all six movies. Right. Right. You know, he's the only one in all six movies. Mm-hmm. So, um, I, I think, I think he has that. Obviously we don't have the development and we don't know everything about him mm-hmm. and he's not as deep as uh, he hasn't gotten as, as deep with the character as, as Darth Vader did. Um, but I, I, I just, I felt his, his evil, his evilness right away, um, his, his maliciousness and, and everything. It just, it just, it just dripped off the screen and, um, his character is going, goes through turmoil throughout the, throughout the movie and it's, it's just been really exciting to watch. I, I think mm. it's the lengths they took his character to in one movie is really impressive. Um, and Absolutely. I, I, just, I can't wait to see what they do. Yeah. And, one of the things that, and we will talk more about him in spoilers, obviously, but, um, he, his, he, he has this struggle through him. That's so, so unique to, to, cause he's not like, like Darth Vader. And like, if you look back to a new hope, he's just like, Oh, this is the dude that just force choked a dude for being, right. uh, you know, for pissing him off. He cut off his son's hand, cut off his son's hand. Not, yeah. not even in that, like, not even, like just he's so he's so established in a new hope as being as being just pure evil. Yes. And with Kylo Ren we're kind of we see this we see this uh internal struggle for him and then it's it could really go in uh, several different ways through, yeah. from from here. And it's such such a unique like three-dimensional character for for this. It's not like this it's not like this just completely evil character. He's this, he's this very, very well developed three dimensional person. Yes. Um, yeah. and I, I love that about, about him. And I'm, I'm, I can't wait to see what happens with that character. Yeah. Assuming he survives this movie. <laughs> but, um, yeah, we keep saying that. I can't wait to see what they do. And it, it kind of sounds like we're almost writing off episode seven as like, okay, this just, set right. things up but it really didn't i mean they they established these characters really quickly and really mm-hmm. well and started to flesh them out in this first movie that's that's how that's how skilled the character building was in this so i don't i don't want it to seem like you know this is all just set up and mm-hmm. we don't really get to know these characters that well it's 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 very in depth and right. it's it's very satisfactorily done mm-hmm. um um, it's more than satisfactory. It's right. exceeds expectations if you will mm-hmm. if we're giving it a uh a, a third grade um, uh, <laughs> progress progress report. Yeah. yeah. Um, so yeah, that's, I don't, I don't want it to make it seem mm. like that, but, um, it, it's, it's, it's very, it's very, very good. Very right. well done. Um, so let's, well, some of the, there's a couple other ones. Just yeah, real yeah, quickly. Yeah. Uh, Domhnall Gleeson's character. Yes. Um, Hux, General Hux, General Hux, Hux, am I saying, mm-hmm. is it Hux? It's Hux. Okay. Um, 
he has he's much more different than the generals in the past six movies. Um, is he? Oh, totally. I mean, he's really? well. Yeah, he has all this interaction with uh, the primary. Right. Villain. Well, yeah, yeah, sure. He, he seems yeah. like he's really competing with Kylo Ren. Um, okay. Yeah. For some for power. I mean, hmm. he seems he he's more than he he has this whole very cool uh, speech that he gives. Yes. That that was very propagandish mm-hmm. and not just he he just seems like so much more than a soldier. Okay. Um, sure. I'll I'll give you that. I yeah. I kind of just thought that like he's just oh he's he's Grand Moff Tarkin, really um, basically. But yeah, I mean he does have more. That is a little. Uh, uh, dim, uh, dimin- wow, what's the word diminutive. Diminutive of him. Diminutive. Um, I mean, in in Domhnall, I think it's pronounced uh, Donal Gleeson. Oh, is it really? Yeah, he was on the Nerdist. Uh, oh, okay. Yeah, uh, it was funny because as I was leaving the theater, um, the, my, for my second viewing, I saw that he that that I had a notification that Nerdist had an episode with him, so I downloaded it as I'm walking out of the theater and nice. I listened to it on my way home. Awesome. <laughs> yeah. Um. But no, it's it's Donald Gleason, and he, okay. I I liked his character a lot. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, and I love that I love that actor. So oh yeah, you know. me too. Yeah. Um, uh, well, I think that's about all we can explore with the characters without spoiling anything. I think so too. There's there's one more that I'll say, and then we can save the rest for for spoilers and stuff. Um, Captain Phasma, what'd you what'd you think? Oh, Captain Phasma. Um, I was. Did you forget about her? Yeah, I really did. I was, <laughs> I was surprised at how underused she was. Mm-hmm. Um, she only has a couple scenes, and the scenes that yeah. she has, it's just, it's just, uh, what's her name, Gwendolyn? Gwendolyn Christie. Gwendolyn Christie. It's just basically her voice. Yeah. For a few scenes, uh, she doesn't do anything, and yeah, one of the podcasts I listened to kind of put it in perspective, saying that, like, like I was kind of like I wasn't annoyed by it because I I didn't have any expectation for her or anything like that, mm-hmm. um, and I can talk more about about well, really, really what Captain Phasma kind of represents to me is. The pro, not the problem with fandom, but the kind of like people, like there was a lot of hype surrounding her. She was very. The Boba Fett effect. Exactly. And yeah. that's the, that's the comparison that the podcast made to oh, put really? it in a perspective saying like, well, she's the Boba Fett of this movie. Yeah. Everyone loved, everyone was super into her and she didn't do anything. Yeah. So yeah. And I think that that's just a, a mark on, on the marketing really. And yeah. I, and since I'm so out of touch with that, I'm not like mm-hmm. a mega fan of Star Wars. I didn't really mind, mind it. I just thought that, you know, Gwendolyn Christie is an awesome actress. She's and great. That character seems like she could potentially uh, go places in the franchise. Absolutely. If she comes back. Yeah. Um, we also didn't mention um, Max von Sydow. Yeah. Because he's barely in the movie. Right. Um, he has the opening line of the movie. Yeah. Which I I don't know if this was intentional, but I love that the opening line is this will make everything right. <laughs> like, that's the first line yeah. of the first movie of the sequel trilogy after the prequel trilogy completely de- demolished my ability to become a fan, really. Yeah, yeah. Um, I just, I, I, I can't, I can't think that they would put that intentionally, but I just love that irony, really. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Yeah, he's barely in it, and there's, there's so much, like, much more of the movie. There's, it's, you, like I said, it's like a serial. We we right. come in, we come in, meet these characters, and come out, and we come back later. Um, with this, I feel like maybe they're maybe they might explore his character in a in a in a standalone movie. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, could that'd be. be that would be amazing. That would be amazing if he could be in Rogue One. Yeah, that'd be cool. Um, yeah. Um, so let's talk uh, briefly about the uh, original cast, and then we can go into spoilers. Totes. Um. 
Han looking like, yeah, really? <laughs> yeah. Harrison Ford, particularly, and Peter Mayhew had big roles in this yes. movie. Bigger roles than I expected. And we won't get into that until we get into spoilers. But um, I will say that his performance, what did you think of his performance? I enjoyed it. I Me mean, it, it, he, he felt like he felt like an aged Han Solo. Mm-hmm. I mean, he really did. You know, he's... He's still he's still pretty braggadocious and and right. has a lot of bravado, but he understands that he's sixty five years old now and he mm-hmm. can't. Or I think Harrison Ford's seventy three oh, or yeah, something like so. that. I mean, he's over seventy. Uh, you yeah, know, not it, too old to crash land planes, right? He's, I mean, Jesus. Yeah, he, I think I think that's a compliment to him. I mean, right? He yeah. he felt like a character who realizes he can't he can't murder a bounty hunter in a cantina anymore. Mm-hmm. You know, he's the kind of guy who's just kind of scraping by now. Right. Um, he's a little washed up, mm-hmm. uh, but he still has that personality and that swagger to him that, you know, he's not, he's not just some guy you're going to push around or tell him what he has to do. Right. He's still Han Solo. Um, um, but a, but a developed and aged and, and a, mm-hmm. and a, and an appropriately developed character. Right. Um, and I, I thought Harrison Ford was great. I, so awesome just to see him again and, him deliver some of his perfect little quips and yeah. his uh his take, his little takedowns bringing people mm-hmm. down and keeping things in control <laughs> i just it was his his dialogue was on point yeah. throughout this movie he i i feel like he was the best and this is not venturing into spoiler territory that much but i feel like he was of of the original cast he was absolutely the best presence to be the one to hand off the legacy to a new generation. Like, Absolutely. And that the yes. give and take between him and Finn and Ray and, mm-hmm. and like, it was just, it was like, it was so satisfying to watch. Absolutely. Um, yeah. So, and it's funny cause he's the least sage like character, you know? Right. I mean, Luke and Leia are Jedi. Yeah. You know, they're, <laughs> I mean, they're supposed to be training people and they're mm-hmm. these wise people who use this, use the force, but, the father character is played by Han. Right. Throughout the, it's, it's, it's really, it's a very funny turn of events, mm. but it worked just beautifully. It really did. It so much fun to watch. Oh, yeah. Um, so you already said that you'd give it a nine out of 10. Yeah. I'd probably do eight. Eight? Yeah. Nice. Yeah. That, solid eight. Yeah. yeah. Eight, maybe close to 8.5, but I, I'm not sure. But yeah, you know, um, that's what I, that's what I'd give it. I gave it four stars on Letterboxd. Nice. Yeah. Um, that's out of five. And so, should we go ahead and go into spoilers? I think we should, because I'm dying to talk about them. Okay. <laughs> um. Ended, but I did want to do something kind of unique. Okay. I got you a Christmas present. Really? Yeah. And I want to record your reaction. Okay. Uh, so yeah, let me go grab it. Ooh, fun. I didn't get you anything. Oh, it's cool. It's no big deal. I suck. No, it's fine. <laughs> he put the, the the microphone right next to his new cat and it looked at it and then looked away so I guess we're not going to have a fourth post in Pizza Roll that's Matt's cat it's named Pizza Roll Pizza hey Pizza Pizza did you like Star Wars Pizza oh you're going to walk away okay oh dude <laughs> nice Oh, it's like the like what is it like thirty inch, uh, figure of Kylo Ren, dude, right on. I love it. I love it. Paige is gonna kill you. Oh, thanks, dude. Right on, man. I love it so. I I want one of these so bad. So yeah, 
Oh, right on, man. Thanks. Yeah, no problem. I remembered you talking about the big-ass uh, Darth Vader one, and yeah. I was like, you know what? Uh, yeah, this is much more practical. Yeah. <laughs> much more practical, much more, much cheaper. Um, yeah, definitely. <laughs> so, yeah. Thanks, man. Yeah, no problem. Awesome. I love it. So spoilers on for Star Wars Episode Seven: The Force Awakens, and uh, there was something I was going to open with this. Uh, so J.J. Abrams, yes, he like we'll get into like the actual plot and everything, and maybe this is a better maybe this is better served for later in this discussion. But um, I noticed that J.J. Abrams kind of has okay, okay. So a year ago, I saw Interstellar. <laughs> Mm-hmm. And do you remember me saying? Oh yeah, okay, I remember. So the thing, my main takeaway from Interstellar, and I'm not comparing the two in the least bit. Obviously, mm-hmm. I'm just saying the experience of it was that Interstellar kind of showed me. It showed it showed Christopher Nolan's like style a little, a little more like in in a way that wasn't like oh this is just this is the brilliance of Christopher Nolan. It was more like. These are kind of the crutches of Christopher Nolan yeah. in, in terms of the exposition and stuff mm-hmm. like that. With Star Wars The Force Awakens, I kind of I kind of went through my head at least uh, well, immediately and, and throughout thinking about it afterwards. I went through my head and I was like, well, okay, so he did Super 8, which was a fun monster alien movie with, a, with so much heart mm-hmm. that was a really nice throwback to like – classic Steven Spielberg movies that had a very Steven Spielberg influenced uh, aesthetic mm-hmm. and feel. And then he did the, uh, the Star Trek movies, which uh, was, were, were very much uh throwback to the original series. <laughs> yeah. Um, even into darkness t- took many elements from one of the bigger movies of Star Trek mm-hmm. and repurposed it for, um, for, uh, for, for that movie, <laughs> and then with the Force Awakens, <laughs> <laughs> I see where you're going. Yeah, with this. it was like, it was like, it was like he was he was bringing a new hope to a new generation. Yeah, because it was basically the movie basically follows the story beats of a New Hope pretty pretty exactly. Pretty really. well, yeah, pretty closely. And while I don't think that it's it didn't destroy the movie it wasn't it wasn't ruinous for the movie it mm-hmm. wasn't anything that dragged it down too much i just felt like is this all jj abrams has <laughs> yeah because you know now that you say that that's a really good point yeah I, I agree with you i think you're right mm-hmm. I, I think you're right he kind of channels what he's what's already been done mm-hmm. and he channels with, his influences and right he channels yeah. his influences that's correct but the only thing i'll say i agree with you i think you're mm-hmm. right I, I kind of see that as a skill in and of itself. Mm-hmm. Um, I think he does add he does add style to a lot of the things. Um, for example, Star Trek I think had a lot of his visual style, totally, um, and it, the lens flares and all mm-hmm. that stuff. Um, the way he captured some of the action, some of the camera work, I think was very stylistic of J.J. Abrams. Um, but watching this, the episode seven, we didn't get lens we didn't get lens flares. No. We didn't we didn't get 
a lot of super tricky camera work. We got right. some pretty pretty basic stuff. We got the the um. Oh, there's the some wipes. amazing camera work though. But go oh, ahead. they're all yeah. there. Absolutely, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm not I'm not trying to take that away from him. Um, but we you know we got the the wipes and stuff, and we got the crawl, and um, there, there's a lot of more more than just homage right. to the tri- to the original trilogy. Right. It was more channeling and and kind of uh, you know, bottlenecking everything into that style as opposed to jj abrams style right so i think i think you're right and i i I agree with it um but i'm not sure i have a problem with it i and you know honestly i i don't either i I really don't either and and hold on to your seats kids because i'm about to defend the (laughs) (laughs) matt hurt is about to defend the biggest problem with the force awakens with the star (laughs) wars movie yeah um i would argue that it was almost needed it was yeah. really almost needed, and I kind of wonder if JJ, first name basis, first initial basis, um, if he initial initial, basis. <laughs> okay. like I would love to know what went on behind the scenes because I'm wondering if he if if that was his vision or if this was the script that they brought to him, and he didn't want to like like maybe part of his resident uh, reticence, um, his resistance to. Um, <laughs> To, to making the movie at first was because he didn't like he said that he didn't want to be the sequel guy or whatever right. but i wonder if it's more he didn't want to be the homage guy mm-hmm. <laughs> um and he knew that it would be kind of a stigma to have him do this when uh into darkness uh fared so critically poorly i mean i know that we all love the movie yeah um but a lot of people didn't like it for that fact mm-hmm. um in the in the big the big difference between what happened with Star Trek and what happened with Star Wars with with JJ is that on one hand you can clearly see like without a doubt you can see that he has such such a love for Star Wars that mm-hmm. he couldn't bring to Star Trek True. so even though it re, it revisits some some uh some things from the original movie it's also done with such care and such uh, development that it's it's not a hindrance to it really such a respect for the original a respect yeah. yeah yeah and another thing is that this is 30 years after return of the jedi this is uh 10 years after revenge of the sith mm-hmm. and this is needed it's just really it needed it's yeah. people were so disenfranchised by the prequel trilogy mm-hmm. with good reason um so to attract kind of a casual fan base or casual fans um to it like me like i'm not into star wars and it's there's like two or three references to like something small in the prequels and that's it like it's all it's all like original trilogy stuff here Mm -hmm. um i think you're right i think he sensed and he knew that he could not he could not make episode seven his own the Mm -hmm. way he made star trek his own right because i mean the the star trek movies are just vastly different than any other star trek um, right. Any other Star Trek that's ever come out, mm. be it the movies and and the the show, I can't, I can't speak too much of it. But right, I, I've actually started watching Star Trek. I've watched like eight episodes of the original series. Fantastic. Yeah. Um. And it's it's just it is drastically so different than what J.J. J. Abrams did. I'm afraid to revisit J.J. J. Abrams' movies after yeah. seeing the original series. Like, right. Seriously. So I mean, um, yeah. With that, he he just made it his own, put mm-hmm. his style on it, spun it his way. Uh, I enjoyed the heck out of it. Um. But you're right. I, I think he knew that he could not do that with Star Wars because th- mm-hmm. just the revolt from the fan base would just be un- unforgiving. Oh, and, absolutely. And, and I mean, and plus, you know, 
George Lucas kind of did that. <laughs> I mean, he did that with the prequels. Like you said, he just CGI'd the hell out of him. Right. Did whatever he wanted. <laughs> uh, and, and it, it felt, it was just so completely different from the original trilogy mm-hmm. and it just backfired hard as hell. Absolutely. So yeah, I think JJ knew he had to, he had yeah. to get back to the basics and, and, and go back to that. And, and, and maybe, maybe it was a bit of a, a hamstring for him creatively. I, I have no idea, but, but I, I mean, I think the movie just worked so well that I, I just don't really care. It, it right. wasn't. But it is worth noting, though. Yeah, you're and, right. It's it's worth noting. And I wonder how much of that was JJ himself right. too, because when you really think about it, this is the first movie of the Disney era of Star Wars, and Disney is obviously all about cranking out, like it's a it's a factory. Um, yeah, they're manufacturing toys. They're they're talking about having one movie a year, mm-hmm. and so it makes so much sense for them to. I wouldn't even I wouldn't call it a remake. Uh, yeah. like uh um to draw inspiration from the original movie because one of the things that I that we talked about in our last episode was um that that original movie was such a template for people to film that's the, like George Lucas created a universe and a mythology and then fans like took to it and 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 filled it in like the expanded mm-hmm. universe was people filling in this universe yeah and that's kind of what they needed with this new start with this new this new official disney canon basically mm-hmm. um and they needed that in order to you know do that having said that i think ryan johnson it, for having episode eight is going to be just freaking phenomenal oh yeah i'm excited um, for that yeah, yeah, because it kind of gets it out of the way. It gets the, gets the okay. The, it gets the reestablishment of the universe and mm-hmm. uh, out of the way, and now they can do really anything. Yeah, I agree. Um, yeah, I agree. So, Kylo Ren, Kylo Ren is the son of Han Solo and Leia Organa. Yes, and, and I was really, I was really glad that that was just kind of laid out. Yes, just kind of there. You know, yeah. there, there wasn't this big build up and reveal. There's there's subtle, some subtle and some not so subtle dialogue injected into the story. I'm glad you corrected that because yeah, some of it's subtle, yeah. some of it's not. You know, there's there's Max von Sydow saying if you really respected your family, right, where you came from, and you're like, oh, is he a Skywalker? You know, yeah. it's like you, you kind of start thinking. Uh, but some of it's some of it's subtle, some of it's not, um, and it's just laid out. You know, Han just comes out and says it. There's no buildup. There's no big musical mm-hmm. crescendo. He just says it. It's just right. there because we have to get past it. You know, you can't. It, that could have just bogged down this movie so much. Absolutely. Um, but it was just laid out very quickly, and Kylo Ren was very cut and dry right from mm-hmm. the beginning. And I, I respect that decision because it allowed us to focus on the mystery of the other characters. Yeah. And, and I think that was a really, a really good decision. I'm, mm-hmm. I, I, I'm glad that the mystery is with the protagonist this go around as opposed to the antagonist absolutely it's and it's cool. like and there's so much in in one thing that i <laughs> okay yeah so so um with kylo ren something that uh i think it was the slash filmcast pointed out um the name kylo ren like it's it's he's a master of the knights of ren which is basically this the equivalent to like darth's i guess like okay. it, like ren is the name of, of like instead of darth it's ren okay uh, but kylo uh, if you take Skywalker and Solo oh. and cut it down, Kylo. And I thought that was clever. That's that was, funny. That was that was nice. But um, I didn't even pick up on that. I didn't either. Yeah. Um. So anyway, uh, yeah, it, I love, I love the depiction of the struggle within yeah. Kylo, like, because it, it, it's it's something that we, 
as as audience members of this franchise, we don't we didn't we never really got the struggle between a, a character having struggled with being pulled by the light side of the force. Right. And it's it's so interesting a dynamic to to have yeah. for a character and it, it, it makes exi- it very it existed with darth vader but mm. it was never externalized right exactly it was all exactly. just 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 uh kind of poked at through dialogue mm. and it was never very satisfying mm-hmm. but in this movie you you see it you can see it both visually and you hear him saying the words of how he's struggling with mm-hmm. it it's it's part of his performance part of its story and writing but just the blend of all that was so great with this character. I, I yeah. think you're right. Seeing seeing that seeing that struggle is really satisfying because mm-hmm. there's been uh, all over this whole freaking franchise is the good guys struggling with the temptation of the dark side, right? And, and it's all over the place, and it's cool. I'm not mm-hmm. trying to take anything away from it, but this is really refreshing to see this. Yeah, and I think it's going to be crazy to see. You know, if Episode Nine, if he pulls a Darth Vader and just switches on his turns on ahead and turns to the light side mm-hmm. who knows who knows right. what he's gonna do i mean yeah it's there, there was this i read there was this fan theory that came out some guy was saying that like kylo ren is actually a good guy mm-hmm. and he's just kind of like undercover <laughs> and he has to become a sith basically to to defeat snoke uh emperor snoke uh, it's a huge stretch and i don't think it's true yeah. but it's kind of a cool thing to play with and like Big spoiler alert here. It would uh, Kylo Ren kills his father. Right, he kills Han Solo in this movie, and the, this fan theory says that that was the step to complete his transformation to to to, to have the Sith mm. completely buy that he is on the dark side, so that he can infiltrate them and, and right. defeat the dark side. That's a cool thing to play with. I don't think it's true, but it's that's cool that there's still a little mystery to his character, and there's. It's fun to think about where he's going to go yeah. because of that internal struggle that they that they represented so well in this movie. Right. Um, that was just beautifully done. Right. And uh, so let's talk about him killing Han. Yeah. Because uh, okay, so so I mentioned that you know it follows the story beats and everything of um, a New Hope pretty closely, yeah. and like the second that Han was walking on that on that platform, you just I saw was it like, coming. Yeah, I saw it coming. I was, I was like, like, he's gonna kill his dad. Yeah, man. I was like, oh, he's the Obi Wan of this of this movie. Yeah, um, <laughs> and like it's it's a credit to J.J. Abrams that I didn't really mind that I saw it coming. Yeah, me it was, either. It was it was telegraphed because it was following the template established by Lucas in in A New Hope in 1977. Yeah, and even though it was following following a guideline of 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 a of a a story that's already been told. I was still on the edge of my seat. Me I was, too. and I was heartbroken. I did feel that they did. And this is echoed throughout the internet really. Um, so if you, if this, I felt like they didn't really give the fallout of that much of, of his death that much, that much there. It kind of seemed like, it's Oh, true. he died. And then like, we get that great shot of, uh, Leia just sensing it. Yeah. And then after that, there's really not like wasn't addressed very much. It wasn't. Yeah, and, and I agree. That's that's a bit of a shortcoming. Yeah, I agree with that. I, I assume it'll be explored further in the next episode. Right. With but Luke still, and, we're talking. You know, we're talking about episode seven here, and I think that was a bit of a shortcoming. Yeah, and yeah. like if you think about it, we have uh, well, several characters. I'm just off the top of my head. We have Qui Gon. Qui-Gon's death, and granted, these are pretty much all Jedi, so mm-hmm. Qui-Gon's death, we get to see him on, on the pyre, we get to mourn him. Yeah. Uh, same with Vader. 
uh, same, well, not with Obi Wan, but uh, Obi Wan comes back at the end of A New Hope to you right. know force help uh, <laughs> Luke, which is a weird yeah. uh, phrasing. <laughs> um, but <laughs> uh, Chewie's reaction, though, uh, I freaking that hurt. it hurt. It yeah, hurt, yeah. I loved seeing him just go just berserk. Yeah, there it was. It was fantastic. Yeah. Um, let's scale back a little bit though and mm-hmm. talk about some of the action set pieces and everything. Okay. Um, I love the darkness of it. Uh-huh. Um, particularly like that, like that opening scene where, where the stormtroopers are, are attacking Jakku. It's just, it's bloody. It's, 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 there's dark. a ton of grit. Yeah. This, this oh, movie yeah. is just covered in grit beautifully. Mm-hmm. Like, like the first one to an extent, like the first one was, right. I think it's the grittiest of the entire franchise so far. Yeah. Um, I mean, Jakku's like a giant junk planet, mm-hmm. kind of. Yeah. And, and a lot of it takes place there. And, and yeah, I, I, mm-hmm. I, that's, I picked up on a lot of that in this movie. And I think it's what it needed. Right. Um, with all the ridiculous gloss of the prequel mm-hmm. trilogy, we needed to get as far away from that as possible. And absolutely. I think they did, did a good job with that. In the, uh, the next, like, kind of big action set piece. Well, well, let's just run through the action totally yeah pieces there. Sorry, i didn't mean uh, to throw it off oh no, no no you're fine um so after after that we uh, and this is going from memory off of two screenings so i'm not sure exactly uh i might miss something here but next up is the <laughs> the freaking millennium falcon the reveal of that yeah. was like probably the best moment of the movie for me yeah because I just didn't uh, like. I just thought like that's such a great like it, and it's fan service all the way. But mm-hmm. like having them, having Finn and Ray run, and then and then Finn is kind of this guy who he's out of his element. So he's like, yeah. it's like what about that one? And then and then the way she says like, oh no, that's garbage. <laughs> it's like it's it was so great to see the reveal of that. It it kind of reminded me a lot of and this is a weird poll, but. Uh, uh, Firefly. One of my favorite episodes of mm-hmm. Firefly is Out of Gas. Yes, where they have a similar reveal there, where uh, they have a similar reveal where in in that episode uh, it shows the backstory of how Mal got Serenity, uh-huh. and it's like you see throughout the episode like someone saying like, "Oh, this this will this this ship will never break down, never do whatever." Right. Uh, and it's like the best one he's talking to, it. and then it's revealed later he's they're not even talking about Serenity. Yeah. They're talking about a different ship, and yep. he just he's drawn to that, and it's just that same. T- type of uh mm-hmm. uh thing there on a smaller scale in the force awakens i guess yeah you get you um, get reacquainted with the millennium falcon which is a character in its of itself in and of itself yeah you get reacquainted with that character through strangers to it right that's that's your yes. that's your in that's your reintroduction oh, yeah. to that character is through complete strangers who have no idea what they're looking at right it's a really again <laughs> a bold choice but it just played beautifully and mm-hmm. worked really well. I've said beautifully way too many times. <laughs> um but that's just how I felt watching this. Um yeah, but I agree that was I love the way they did that. Yeah. It was so fun. In the in the uh, the visuals of of the Falcon being chased the the dog fight basically uh-huh. uh with Phasma and the other stormtrooper and the tie fighters was just some of the best like like uh visuals like like the best uh, um camera work of, of oh, the movie. Oh, yeah. It was so cool. Um, just, oh, man. It was just... You felt like you were flying along with them. You really did. Yeah. It was so thrilling. I love the... the, the um the effort to make it it's not an aerial space battle it's it's right. low they're kept low to the ground and mm-hmm. that made it even more heart pounding and, and yes. thrilling um it, it it kind of felt similar to uh, return of the jedi when they're mm-hmm. when they're storming the second death star and trying to take it out and stuff like right. that it, it had some it had some of that that thematic feel to it mm-hmm. um 
which was a fun homage. But again, it, it, you're right; it did make it its own, its own, because it wasn't just in space. There was right. tons of obstacles to get around. Um, yeah, I, I, yeah, that was fun. Mm. And I, I skipped, uh, I skipped another action piece, but uh, Poe and uh, uh, Finn, yeah, their escape. It, oh my god, that was the best thing. So awesome. God, that was fun. So great. And this is just us gushing over. It really <laughs> is. Yeah. It's not good radio, but it's, it's not. It was so it was so it was so satisfying because these are two characters who they don't know each other. Right. And this is them bonding over this this thrilling yeah. uh, sequence in like the back and forth between them is so it feels so genuine. It's, yeah, because they just they they just stumble into this friendship. Absolutely. Just due to circumstance. You know, they, oh, had, yeah. they, they have no business becoming friends mm-hmm. and and be, becoming allies in this story. Yeah. But through these crazy circumstances they do and the way it plays out is just absolutely hilarious and, right. and just charming and fun. Totally. And yeah. like, I'll jump ahead. Like, this is a good, this is a good, uh, point to, to jump ahead to, uh, the, the battle outside of Maz Kanata's, uh, whatever place. Palace kind of Palace, deal. Yeah. yeah. Um, that, that, oh, that sequence was so, so amazing to me. Like, mm-hmm. granted, I mean, we knew that Poe wasn't dead. Yeah. Um, anyone who saw the trailers would know that. And we knew that he was coming back. And like, I knew that he was coming back in that sequence. But the second that you, like, you look up and you see, you see the resistance, the X-wings yeah. flying over the, over the water. The X-wings on the lake, man. So, so amazing. <laughs> it really was. And I paid closer attention on my second viewing to the actual, like, like the way that that fight is depicted because they have tie fighters and, and they're they have an aerial battle and they have the stormtroopers and mm-hmm. uh everyone's everyone's fighting uh and so there's a sequence there's there's a part of it where um Finn is taking down taking down um uh, uh stormtroopers and he looks up and he sees Poe's X-wing and you you see this just beautiful sequence where uh it's just it's just demolishing a bunch of tie fighters uh rolling around and kind of going around and doing like a really cool like kind of flippy thing and like a barrel roll kind a of barrel deal. roll kind of thing to yeah. get another guy and then he blows up a few stormtroopers on the ground yeah. and then Finn just looks up and he's like that's one hell of a pilot yeah and like i i love that so much yeah. and and it kind of it, it's paid off i guess in a, in a way because um after it's all done and this is the moment that i alluded to in our spoiler free section um when when finn sees poe get out of the x-wing and they go up and they they have this genuine like huge embrace yeah. they're like talking like oh my god how did you survive that how did you where did it happen and it's like it feels so genuine like right there's that moment and then there's the moment between poe and ray and the falcon that's similar to that after they have their their big battle where they come come into the hallway and they're like oh my god can you believe we just did that that's amazing yeah like that is what i want out of that like if i can't get the kind of contemplative like hard sci-fi kind of thing that mm-hmm. i like i'm drawn to in a sci-fi movie like an ex machina experience basically right. kind of philosoph- philosophical philosophical thing which that's not really what star wars has ever been right. but if i and that's maybe that's one of my um one of my shortcomings of of seeing the series but if i can't get that like this depiction of friendship and the strength and bond and everything is is the next best thing for me. <laughs> yeah, and admiration for what they're going through. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. yeah again, that was in that what you just described about Finn watching Poe do all <laughs> his magic. That's that's another example of just exploring this, exploring what's what's capable of happening in this universe 
through the right. eyes of these new characters. Totally. It, it feels like you're experiencing it again. It feels like you're, you're sharing, it feels like you're sharing the universe with this new character. Absolutely. And it's, it just has such a, it's just such a great effect. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's, it just, it feels so refreshing and so, so satisfying. Right. To see those characters experience it that way. And I, I felt the same way. I just had a big, stupid grin on my face from right. ear, to ear, ear to ear when I was watching that stuff. Mm-hmm. Loved it. Yeah. Um, so then, and we're kind of, we're, I should have structured this better, but, yeah. um, well, after that, we go to the, the planet where they have the, the star killer planet. Yes. Isn't that where it goes? Yeah. Uh, that's the next, like, big right. action set piece. And that's my biggest gripe with the movie, really. Oh, really? Um, is just the, the, the fact that, like, they can follow the story beats of A New Hope all they want and everything, but to have another, yeah. Another Death Star. I mean, it's, it is a Death Star. It's, it's, yeah. but it's, it's called Starkiller Base, which is, it's fine. It's bigger. They make a point to point out how much bigger it is. <laughs> yeah. Which that felt like, like as many, as many, um, callbacks and allusions to the original trilogy and, and all that they had, like none of it really got in the way except for when they're like, well, this is the Death Star. This is Starkiller. Yeah. It's like that felt a little too on the nose for me and a little too like, oh, okay, guys, don't, don't get pissed about this. Right. You're, um, yeah, I agree. Yeah. Hey, there's no Ewoks here, so don't get pissed. <laughs> um, it didn't bother me that much. Um, yeah. because I do think the, the capability of this new, this new weapon was, far more intimidating and scary um because it has to wipe something out in order to wipe something else out right and it can take out like 10 planets at once yeah. or whatever you know. so the the power of it was scarier and was much more intimidating and it, it had some more the scale of it was a little more impressive but but you're absolutely right i when i first saw it i was like really another one of these yeah um when they explored it for, further I, I forgave it a little bit but mm. it's still a little it's it i wish there would be i wish there was something else kind of yeah yeah and um and yeah it's it's a lot bigger and it's a lot it's a lot stronger than the death star mm-hmm. but also like like there's a sequence where they blow up a system yeah and it's i i paid closer attention to it on my second viewing but um it it i it didn't have the weight of like alderon Really? Um, See, I think it, it did. I think it had more weight than Alderaan for me. Sure, to each their own. One of the planets it took out was Coruscant, wasn't it? I think they didn't really vocalize. They showed it, but they didn't. Yeah, like, I mean, yeah. That so that's what I mean because we you know I mean the the prequels sucked, but they we spent a lot of time on Coruscant and there yeah. were some cool characters that we got to know on Coruscant and sure, it just wiped away in one fell swoop, and that's that's kind of the end of the of the intergalactic republic it's kind of wiped out in right. that one fell swoop and it just i it kind of felt it, it felt weightier to me for that reason and and they do mention that they do say that like this is this they're going after the republic and and that's supposed to take them out they was my big problem with it was it wasn't very clear what they were doing in terms of that it's like oh they just blew up a system but the weight of that wasn't the same as like as like uh Tarkin and and Vader taking taking Leia to the observation deck and saying like hey this is your home planet of Alderaan <laughs> tell us where the rebel base is and we'll blow it up oh okay thank you for telling us oh we're still going to blow it up like we know <laughs> that like we're witnessing yeah 
her witness the planet explode <laughs> that she's from. And uh, with this, it was just kind of like, oh, we can blow up more planet, more than one planet at one time. And <laughs> the Republic is here. And look at this place that was in the prequels. That I, yeah, I didn't in my mind. I didn't think like, oh yeah, that's Coruscant. That's you know, I didn't I didn't make that connection because it. I don't know it. Okay. I mean, I, I'm not trying to take anything away from that original scene that you're talking about mm-hmm. where they blow up Alderaan, but I think this, this what happened in Episode 7 really set itself apart from that, and I okay. think it, yeah. I don't know, I, don't, I wouldn't necessarily go so far as to say that it exceeded that mm-hmm. or was better, but I, I, the weight of it was very heavy on, on my fan conscious of this, okay. of this story, and I, I really... That's fair. <laughs> it hit me in the heart. It, it really did. So. Nice. Um, I mean, they just wiped out all the infrastructure of the Republic. Right. That was just pretty... I thought it was. I thought it was very weighty, and uh, I liked it. Fair enough. Yeah, yeah. I. Uh, but I, I, think, I do agree with your qualms about another a third Death Star. Basically, yeah, that's yeah. yeah. I, I was. They should have done something different. They should have, and um, I did like. Well, it's it's funny I say that, but the the way that the way that they handled it, they have it drawing power from the sun yeah. uh, in order to charge the weapon and. What I love about that, like it, it almost ta- it, it almost uh, forgives uh, w- them ha- them reusing the Death Star. Basically, mm-hmm. uh, is that it drawing the power from the sun means that that final battle between everyone, like everyone in on the on the station, all the aerial fights and everything, has such a beautiful quality to it because it's literally we're seeing the light go out and it's yeah. it starts out bright and everything and then just gradually just goes dark mm-hmm. and i i just loved that and, and from from a visual standpoint it was a cool effect oh absolutely Very cool effect yeah and and i love that the moment that it went that the star went out was the moment that kylo killed his father yeah <laughs> like i thought that that was just beautiful just a beautiful way to handle that yeah um absolutely yeah um so what did you think about Supreme Leader Snoke? Um, uh, that's one of the small qualms I had about it. I, mm-hmm. I was just a visual representation of it. I just wasn't crazy about. I, I feel like I, I feel like it, it'd be a good idea to kind of step away from the the scarred imagery and you know, yeah. like throughout the original trilogy, we have this. They kind of slowly reveal the scars and the the destruction, the physical destruction that Darth Vader went through. The Emperor is this gross, ugly-looking guy who went through some crazy stuff. And I felt like we were kind of getting away from that with Kylo Ren, because when we see him take off his mask, it's it's a good-looking young guy. Yeah. Flawless-looking young man. That's kind of what I loved about him, too, small tangent, Uh is that... He's like he doesn't need the mask. He's using it as an homage to Vader, right? And he doesn't have the battle scars because he's not he's not you know he's not to the Vader's level yet. And yes, I love that Ray calls her out on calls him out on it and saying like you're afraid that you're not going to be as powerful as Vader. Yeah, yes, I love that, and we'll talk about that later. But yeah, continue mm-hmm. about Snoke. Um, but I feel like I feel like Snoke was just kind of a, a step backwards in that respect because mm-hmm. he's he's this gross looking maybe human. I don't know if he's a human or not. I don't know if he's some alien. Um, very scarred up and, and, and gross looking. Um, and I'm not sure if he's actually a giant compared to humans or if that's just the way the projection was. I think that's just him. the way the hologram was. Okay. Um, which I, I, when I first saw him, I was like, no. Yeah. Um, but then, uh, then I re- realized he was a, a hologram and I was like, well, okay, maybe that's just how it's projecting him. Um, but I, I don't know. I think, you know, in the original trilogy, 
we don't even see the Emperor in A New Hope. Right. And then we see holograms of him in the second movie, and then he finally appears in the flesh in the third movie. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think I think it, you know, you don't want one bad guy to overwhelm the other. Um, right. So I, I understand their decisions for it, but I just think it's kind of a played out system. A played out yeah. way to do things to have so much mystery around this. Oh, this this is the real bad guy in the background. Mm-hmm. But, you know, we have this. We have Darth Vader and Kylo Ren up front to really. Right. I don't know. It, it just It's just kind of played out. I mean, it is in, it is in the, the spirit of both the original trilogy and the prequels. Mm-hmm. But I just I kind of wanted to get away from that, I guess. And Me I, too. I just I have just zero investment in Snoke. Um, and I, mm-hmm. I didn't find him very interesting. Me neither. And and the visual design of it didn't do really anything for me. It right. reminded me of a mix between like uh, an orc or golem from Lord of the Rings and the the engineers from Prometheus. Really, yeah. And just kind of just yeah. the visual of it just didn't do anything for me. He, he, the the character kind of missed the mark on in all respects, basically. Yeah. I mean, yeah. That, which is which is I hate saying it, but uh, he he was that character was a downside of, right. of the movie, definitely or a. Uh, uh, a, a dark side. God. Hey. Yep. Um, <laughs> no, and and that kind of, I kind of wonder how much of that is that our problem with that character being that uh, the emperor wasn't in a new hope, and this was basically a new hope for a new generation. Yeah. Um, trademark obsessive viewer. Um, <laughs> no. Um, but it, and I think that maybe that's why it doesn't really fit that well, and also mm-hmm. it is a tired kind of uh, uh, lineup, really, like. Uh, like emperors, the emperor and the supreme leader, and then Vader and Kylo Ren, mm-hmm. and then uh, Grand Moff Tarkin and and General yeah. Hux. See, but but I think I think the new the new part of that equation is that I think I think General Hux and Kylo Ren are going to be basically competitors, com- competing. For, yeah, you mentioned that, and I mean, sure, I, I just kind of sensed it. You know, they were they were like in this chamber mm-hmm. communicating with the hologram together, both on equal footing. We didn't get much of that or any of that in the original trilogy. I mean, there are some there's some communication between the generals and the emperor, but it's mm-hmm. all very, very structured and, and wooden. It's not it doesn't feel very it doesn't feel like there's a relationship there. Right. It feels like he's just giving orders to the next soldier in line. Right. Whereas I, th- I think Hux really feels like General Hux feels like more than that. I, it almost mm-hmm. had the. The sense of like sibling rivalry between him and kind Ray, of Kylo yeah Ray. yeah and I just thought that huh. was really a, f- a fun new dynamic on that mm-hmm. equation um, but it just it just wasn't quite enough to really set itself apart from what we've seen in the other two trilogies I agree um, yeah I, I wanted I wanted more there I guess right um, um, I don't know if I'd really see I wouldn't really see a competitive aspect between them I I kind of okay. saw the kind of arguments between them yeah. uh, in terms of voice. But I, like, I don't think that general Hux has any, like he, I don't think that he believes that like he'd be chosen above Kylo Ren. Cause Kylo is yeah. clearly like force sensitive and all that. But, right. Right. Um, yeah. He doesn't, he doesn't, I, I realize that he's not going to become a Sith or anything, right. but it's just, he, he has, I think he just has more power than the, mm-hmm. the, the military leaders we've seen in the other, the other trilogies. Right. Yeah. And I'll, I'll totally give you that point. Okay. Um, the, Speaking of the way the 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 way the force is depicted in in this movie, and we I'll touch on this, and then we can talk about Ray because we mm-hmm. haven't been given her enough uh, discussion here. But um, mm-hmm. I loved the way the force was used in this movie. Me um, too. From the moment that Kylo Ren 
freezes that uh, blaster bolt. That was cool. That was so cool. Yeah. Um, and then even in the the ways that he, the 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 kind of. Uh, Oh, I wish I wish Mike was here for this. <laughs> the way he Vulcan mind melds. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, like the the way that he you know gets the information out of out of people. Mm-hmm. It's like it's such a huge credit to the sound design of the movie because like it's not just like a bassy kind of thing. It's like it's a there's a rhythm to it that it feels like just an ocean of sound and you can yeah. you can really empathize with what with what the character is going and experiencing and going through. I, I love that little that little aspect of it. Mm-hmm. Um I totally agree. I, I loved how that was done too. Um mm-hmm. I think in the original trilogy and the you know, the past couple trilogies it was all that kind of stuff was revealed in dialogue. Mm-hmm. It didn't have much substance to it. It was just right. kind of like I I sense Obi-Wan. But yeah. there, there's a part in this movie where Kylo Ren is in the middle of a very intense conversation. Yes. And he's just like, no, what we need to do now is go over. And he just stops yeah. mid-sentence and turns his head because he senses that someone is on the pl- right. is on the Starkiller base. That was just done to so much better effect. Oh, yeah. E- even than the original trilogy. Mm-hmm. I think they did that better in this, which, which is something I, is one way that it exceeds even A New Hope and... Uh, Empire and Return. Um, I absolutely agree. I think that I, I think this is the to to your point. I think this is probably the best representation of the Force that mm. we've seen so far. I I'll agree with that. Yeah. I, I mean, and that's that's again a very bold mm. statement, but I need I do need to see it again. I've only seen it the one time, mm. um, but I I just loved it. I I really felt the how two people who know how to use this Force have a connection that they can't deny. Yeah, and they they can't they can see into each other and into their minds, and I I just love it was just represented so much better, uh, in a kind of torture way. Yeah, in this movie, it was just so cool. I mean, absolutely, I keep saying that, but right. <laughs> it's it's more gushing. But yeah, it, it was done to it was done to much better effect than I think we've ever seen it. Absolutely, yeah. And and kind of talking talking more about about Kylo. Ren and and you know even Luke also um I will give JJ Abrams so much credit here cuz he did something so amazing in with with Kylo Ren and and he he made me think something that I never thought I would think mm-hmm. the moment where it's revealed that Kylo Ren is it's it's the moment where Han, where Han is telling uh uh Ray and Finn on the Falcon the when he tells them that Luke started training new Jedi and Kylo was one of his uh apprentices and he turned on him and and he he destroyed it and that's when Luke went uh went into hiding like my immediate thought was huh I hope we get a prequel of that. <laughs> like, I hope we see that in a prequel. Really? Yeah. And I was like, like, I thought about that and I was like, how absurd is that? That <laughs> they established like a, a, a backstory for a character very much like, like Darth Vader. Yeah. That is very much like Anakin Skywalker's backstory. Huh. 
And my immediate thought is, I want to see that in a movie. <laughs> <laughs> That's so funny. Yeah, I was just like, I was just, I kind of, I, I was uh, tickled by that. That's funny because I didn't have that. I didn't have really? that sensation. I guess the prequels really f***ed me up. Cause, right. Because <laughs> I don't want to see it, I guess. I don't know. Yeah. No, I mean, if it's done right, obviously, I'd love to see it, but. Right, but, but that's funny. That's a really good point. Yeah, and like it was huh. just such a such an involuntary response. Like, I hope that's one of the standalones. I, <laughs> I hope that's an anthology film. That's awesome. Yeah, I was just I I yeah, it was weird. It was such a weird moment. Wow, that's funny. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I will to pivot to Ray. Uh, like I want to just single out the marketing for this movie. Yes, because. The trailers, the poster, everything pointed to Finn being a Jedi. Right. Like you saw him on the poster wielding the lightsaber. Yeah. You saw the the uh, the clip of Kylo coming toward him with the lightsaber and with him holding the lightsaber. Mm-hmm. You saw in the in one of my favorite trailers in my favorite trailer of the of the marketing campaign. Um, listen to me talking like a Star Wars fan. Um, <laughs> In the trailer where Han is saying, it's true, all of it, the Jedi and the dark side, they're real. Uh, the second that he says the Jedi in that clip, it, it, it show it, it, like on screen, it, Finn is on screen. Right. And it's like, it's like, it's such beautiful misdirection, such yeah. beautiful marketing for this, cause, He's not. <laughs> right, he's not. And and I was so surprised to see that Ray is the uh is the is the, you know, apprentice is the is the force sensitive person. She's the messiah kind of. Pretty you know, much. And, and uh I think it's in gosh, this is bad. It's either in Empire Return as Luke is leaving Dagobah, uh Yoda's talking to the what the ghost of Obi-Wan, Obi-Wan and says you know, Obi Wan says that boy's our last hope, and Yoda says, "No, there, there is, is another. another. She's another." You think that she, you think I, that they're referring to her? I don't know how they could be referring to anyone else. I think that it's uh, pretty common that the uh, common thought that they're referring to Leia. Oh, really? Yeah, well, it was see, in but, Empire, and that then. Yeah, I think in the uh, in the respect to the original trilogy, yeah, mm-hmm. but but now here we did, are. Yeah. We got a whole new trilogy. I think she's right. the another. I mean, I think. The way that she, that they, hmm. I think it's kind of hinted at that they kept her in hiding on this junk planet, Jakku. Yeah. Because she's the Messiah and the timing has to be right for everything. Um, and, and I, I don't know. It just, it, I just got, I have this feeling that she is, she's, she's like the, the Messiah. She's the one. one. <laughs> she's the one that will bring balance to the force. And that, I'm so freaking excited about that mm. because, Maybe this is the liberalness in me talking, but it's a woman. Yeah. I think it makes sense that it's a woman. Oh, yeah. And that, and that she, it's, it's so clearly demonstrated in this movie that the way that she comes to the force is the way that most people come into how they speak. Yeah. Like she just, she grasps it like, like that. Absolutely. And this, the drop of a hat. She's like, I have the ability to wield this power. Let me just try it out. And, right. and there's this awesome, hilarious, cool scene where she uses the force on the stormtrooper and gets him to drop his weapon and unlock her <laughs> chains and she walks out um come later to find out another spoiler alert here that was daniel craig i was gonna ask if you've read any of the stuff about I, it did you pick up on it in the movie when i you did watching it. it i i picked up on it in the second time because i knew about it did you okay uh, but it was very fan like it was like if i didn't know about it, i still wouldn't pick up on it right okay uh but i think that that's just such a that's such a nice like easter egg it's and, a fun little thing yeah, yeah. um, um but that, like, I just, I, lo- I think it's so cool how 
how um, natural it is for her. She, to me, she just feels like the Messiah. Mm-hmm. I mean, and and again, kind of big spoiler here. If you haven't seen it, obviously, right? Uh, in the end, we're when, way deep in the spoiler yeah, territory. I just, I, I have to say it. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Um, towards the end, when she's having, when there's the the lightsaber battle with Kylo mm-hmm. Ren and Finn and Rey. When she pulls, she uses the force to pull the lightsaber out of the snow. Yes. And the music crescendos. So good. Goosebumps all over mm. me. And I was just like, oh, yeah. it was just so cool. I was like, she's the freaking one, man. Mm. She is the, she is the one who will bring balance to the force. That's just what it felt like to me. I could yeah. be totally wrong. Could oh, I think totally you might wrong. be totally on point here. But God, I just, I loved how they just, for from for my perspective, they just brought her character up to the level of like she's she is the one, and I just mm-hmm. I, that's just that's what was community that's what I interpreted from what they did with her character throughout this movie, and I just love the way they did it. I loved her performance. I loved all of the writing and the dialogue, everything she went through, um, the way she kind of stumbles into it, but just embraces it full on. God, I was, I would, that's, that's to me is what is so exciting about this. Right. Um, I, uh, yeah, I, <laughs> I had, let, let's talk about that lightsaber battle. Well, well, yeah. okay, well, let's save that for here and here in a second because I want to talk about the, uh, the force premonition thing. Uh, did you read about the Easter egg that's in that? The force premonition. Where, oh, yeah, where she yeah. kind of sees flashbacks. She sees so, flashes and stuff. Uh, yeah. no, I didn't. This was such a cool thing. Like you'll pick up on, like pay attention uh, when you see it again because this is okay. such a cool, such a cool thing. Nice. Um, so basically, when she touches the lightsaber in in uh, Maz Kanata's place, mm-hmm. um, she sees flashes, but a mixture of flash forwards and flashbacks, um, which I loved because I lost. But yeah, um, yeah nice. Yeah. Um, actually, I did. Th- I thought that it felt a little peculiar for star wars not that it not that it's nothing that stuff like that's happened before there's been visions and stuff like that but it felt like it felt kind of strange to me the first time i saw it but i didn't mind it the second time okay but this this little bit of information like i i love that it's a mixture of of you know her flashing back to her family and then also what i assume is a is a vision of the future with with uh kylo ren like in like a, a very cool dark uh, rainy place. Yeah. Um. Then also that awesome shot of uh that was in the first teaser with uh Luke touching R two D two. Yeah. Um. But anyway, at the end of it, there's a voice that says, "Ray, you've taken your first steps." Yeah. And did you read about that? I think I did, but I can't oh, okay. remember exactly what. So they brought in you and McGregor. That's what I thought to yeah. record that. But not only that. They originally had him record it, and they recorded him doing that. But then someone in the production came up to JJ or someone and was like, "Hey, listen to this," and it was freaking Alec Guinness saying Ray, because they had taken like they'd cut the audio from him saying the word "afraid" at some point, and so they cut it together to where <laughs> the the phrase "Ray, you've you've taken your first steps" is a mixture of both Alec wow. Guinness and Ewan McGregor, and you can so hear it. That's when you awesome. see it, and it is so cool. God. It's so cool. Wow. Um, yeah. Oh, I can't wait to see it again for just for right. that. <laughs> right. Oh, that's awesome. It was very, it was very cool. Um, yeah, and and so, so uh, uh, a a guy at work kind of blew my mind today. Really? 
Yes, uh, uh, he's his name's Asel. He works in the coffee shop at work. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's he's the barista there that I prefer. I, I refer to him in my mind as my broista because I <laughs> chat with him all the time. Broista. Yes. So he he's, copyright <laughs> the specific viewer. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Um. <laughs> so um. So he he'd seen the movie last night. And we were talking about it, and he pointed something, or he said something that if this doesn't happen, I'll actually be disappointed. Wow. Okay. Um, so Ray, she is gonna like like the the movie ends with her going to Luke, and she's gonna be an apprentice, and she's it's basically you can see the trajectory of her character from here on uh-huh. out. Yeah. Assuming that they follow, well, they will follow. It, it's a hero's journey. She's gonna become a hero. She's gonna become a Jedi. Mm-hmm. Throughout. The beginning of the movie, she's she's freaking proficient as hell with that staff. Yeah. How awesome would it be if she had a two-sided lightsaber yeah. like Darth Maul? Oh, that'd be awesome. How cool would that be? That'd be great. And like, when he said that, I was like, you just ruined the sequels for me because <laughs> if it doesn't happen, I'm going to be so upset. Oh, man. Um. Yeah. So that would be just freaking amazing and look at me nerding out over star wars what yes the hell? you are um and i have a cat now so like never like five years ago would never have thought i'd be here um nice anyway uh so yeah so so raise the jedi and i thought i was gonna go somewhere with that but i forgot okay well you mentioned um you mentioned the 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 denouement the the, the mm-hmm. concluding scene of the film right where Ray takes the Millennium Falcon and goes to the system where Luke's been hiding. Yeah. Um, which I thought was a very cool thing to do with his character. Cause yeah. again, a credit to the marketing, mm-hmm. he appeared in nothing. Right. I mean, he, we never saw Luke. Uh, Mark Hamill did maybe a couple interviews, mm-hmm. but revealed absolutely nothing. Yeah. We just had no idea what his role was going to be, mm-hmm. how he's going to play into this. Um, and it's so deceptive too, cause that first teaser was, his voice, Luke's, Luke's voice, and yeah. it was repurposed from uh, his his lines in Return of the Jedi. <laughs> right, right. Um, so yeah, I, I again a credit to the to the marketing, and I think mm. it was a great idea to not bring him into the final scene. I loved that; it was a great buildup. Um, but I, I was I was pretty disappointed by that scene. Um, uh, yeah, go ahead. I mean, it just it just didn't it just felt. Um, it just felt wrong. I wanted more of like Luke going to Dagobah than mm-hmm. like some some person fulfilling some prophecy and going to some altar somewhere and finding this prophet it just felt it felt it just didn't feel right to me um and i just i just i really did not like the fact that luke says nothing yeah he really needed yeah. to say there needed to be some kind of acknowledgement there it was it was just too cliffhangerish. Mm-hmm. That's really not a in, literal cliffhanger. It was a little yeah, it was yeah. A cliffhanger. And that's not that's not in the spirit of this franchise. They, it's really not. The the movies are all very pretty standalone and very mm-hmm. conclusive at the end. Um, it I just did not feel right to me. And I, I if if there would have been even just a couple lines, if he just said, could have said a few words, I'd feel much differently about mm-hmm. it. I don't know what he needed to say. That's not up to me. I, I I just wanted him to say something. I wanted there to be some kind of acknowledgement there. The build up to that was so grand, and I felt it was just a little too inconclusive and, mm. and just, uh, just anticlimactic to me. Yeah. Um. I, I, I was I was let down by it. Yeah. I I I don't know if I'd go so far as to say let down by it, but I say that I would. I was. Uh, 
not bewildered by it, but I wasn't satisfied with it the way that I, I would have been at the end of a movie that I was really enjoying. Yeah. Um, <laughs> more nitpicking than anything, but I thought it was just awkward that it ended with like a probably seven to 10 second long shot of them just standing there yeah. really awkwardly doing nothing. Hold, she's holding out the lightsaber. Yeah. To it's just weird. It's like one of them move or something. Yeah. Like I, I kind of wanted one of them to say like, so do you talk now or do I talk? <laughs> um, God, I can't wait for more Poe. Yeah. Um, anyway, too. um, I I have how they should have ended it. I oh, really? like in my head. I I know how they should have ended it. Hearing you talk about that, like this is my pitch for how they should have ended The Force Awakens. Um and granted I don't know if this will fit in the sequels or anything, but I would have loved to just have a simple instead of having instead of having Ray climb the steps and and yeah. you know Chewie and Chewie and R2D2 standing by the Millennium Falcon and then her staring at Luke and all that. I would have loved to show the Falcon going to light speed or whatever. And then, and then, uh, like, it, like it almost closing on that. But then one final scene that just shows Luke even there, standing over, over the over the cliff and staring out into the ocean. And then, uh, maybe that same shot where it's just his back, and then the camera zooms around and it just zooms in on his face and all. Like maybe he like looks up and opens his eyes or something. And he says, mm-hmm. and all he says is Ray. And then boom! Oh man! Directed by J.J. Abrams. That would have been that'd be that cool. That would have been so cool. I would have liked that. Yeah, I would have liked that. So if, I mean, I don't know. I Really, what I, and I have to get this in here. What I'm probably looking forward to most in all of this is how here in about 20 years, I, I can't wait for JJ to go back and throw <laughs> in some, uh, some, some CGI Muppets and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, we need a good, strong music sequence. <laughs> um, <laughs> We need uh, when when Han Solo gets killed, he needs to try to pull his gun first. Exactly. And yes. Kylo acts in defense mm-hmm. and to kill his father. Jesus. Yeah, that's what needs to happen. Oh, that'd be so funny. Um, George Lucas. Right. Oh, sorry. <laughs> that's fine. Um, I do want to mention though that I I had a I had a really nice conversation with uh, Jeff Palermo from the Sci-Fi on Screen podcast. Mm-hmm. Which, by the way, I love that. Like this hobby of ours is like like able to like. Like I, I'm sitting here and I just get a message from uh from uh the host of another podcast saying like hey what was your first impression like I love nice. that that is something that happens in my life now totally um but like we like we were talking about Star Wars and stuff and uh and he I mean once again he has a great podcast sci-fi on screen you can find it anywhere um all that um he did really great like deconstructions of every Star Wars movie nice um so anyway uh so he mentioned he was talking about how uh. He said, in quote, um, Kylo Ren being beaten in a lightsaber duel by two newbies was kind of ridiculous. A little bit, yeah. Yeah. But he hadn't completed his training. Exactly. And and I, at first, I thought, like, yeah, that is kind of silly. That's kind of weird. Um, and so I w- kind of want to use that as a way to kind of go into that, that battle, because I don't think we really touched on that that Yeah, much. we didn't. You're true. I kind of skipped over it. Yeah, that's fine. But um, I didn't have a problem with that at all, because... A, it's, it established that, uh, Ray is very proficient with, with her staff. Mm-hmm. Like she's, she's cunning and all that. We don't even know her backstory, but she's, you know, she's, she's very, she's very 
well able formidable. to hit. Formidable. That's what yeah. I was looking for. And then uh, Finn, he's a trained soldier that was right. trained from birth to be nothing but a war machine. Mm-hmm. Um, and then also probably the biggest thing is that, like you said, Kylo hasn't had his, his full training. Also, he was injured. Yeah, very injured. <laughs> like he was so injured. Like they they showed the blood, and then and he's pounding his wound. Yeah. <laughs> so he's he's crippled in in that. Um, Plus environmental yeah. concerns. Environmental you know, concerns. You the yeah. Planets literally ripping apart. Right. 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 Yeah. Um. So yeah, but uh, how did you feel about the actual dueling in it? Um. He had a point there. I'll, I'll give him that. He, he yeah, yeah, he yeah. has a bit of a point. I can see what he's saying. Sure. Um. But I I, I can forgive it, or I I can. Mm-hmm overlook it um it almost feels like with finn he's almost it's almost like he's just toying with him a little bit but yeah that's true not yeah, really a little bit yeah. yeah um um plus emotional thing he just literally just killed his dad right anyways he's going through some stuff guys <laughs> yeah he's going through some stuff um i was i i enjoyed it and and it's hard for me to separate that moment i described earlier where she uses the force to pull that to pull her grandfather's right. lightsaber out of the snow my God, her that, grandfather's, or is that? Wait a minute, I can never keep the lightsabers in check. That's well, it's Anakin's and then that's Anakin's. Luke's, yeah, what I think is her grandfather's okay. lightsaber. Okay, I was gonna say it's was Anakin's say. lightsaber. Yeah, yeah, because um, it's not revealed who Ray is. Right, it's not revealed. Is. But we'll talk about that in anyway. my mind. She's Luke Skywalker's daughter or yeah. something. She's a Skywalker yeah. in my mind. We'll, I, we'll talk about that in a bit. But yeah, go ahead, go ahead. I think she is. Um, that mo- I, I I I have trouble separating that moment from the rest of it, um, because that that's just like that was like the best part of the movie for me, and I just I can't explain how emotionally I felt during that that moment. Um, but I I thought the rest of it was great. I, I mm. like the fact that we had two novices going up against a, a Sith or or whatever. Right. Um, the, the the face of the dark side that were that mm. we have for this this new entry into the story. Um. I thought it was a fun way to do it, you know. I, I think in, it's 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 in in line with the original trilogy too, because in the original mm-hmm. trilogy, the lightsaber battles are not very good, right? Um, I mean, th- there's a little bit of theatrics to some of them, um, mm. but they're compared to the the awesome Ray Park stuff we get in yeah. in uh, in uh, Phantom Menace and and some of the other lightsaber battles we get. I mean, even when uh, Anakin and, and Obi Wan take on. Uh, uh, Count Dooku, Dooku yeah. on on the ship in uh, in the third movie. It's very acrobatic. Very, yeah, it's acro- most, acrobatic, yeah. and it's it's pretty cool. It's it's fun. Um, and, and so this one is it's this this battle that we get in this movie was kind of kind of back to basics in a certain mm-hmm. respect. You know, you still get some pretty cool sword play and everything, but it's not like these people are champion fencers or whatever, and, right. and doing crazy acrobatic. It's jumps clumsy. It is. It's clumsy. Yeah. yeah. It's and and that. That keeps it grounded, I think. It's like if Jar Jar had a lightsaber. No, it's not. Um, <laughs> it wasn't, yeah. It wasn't ham-fisted. It was sure. just a little goofy. Um, but yeah, I, I, I thought it was satisfying. I, th- I think, mm. like, I, like I said, I think it fits in the into the franchise, and I think it made sense for this movie being you know, the first entry into this new trilogy and, and the next step in this story. I think it made sense, and right. I enjoyed it. I, yeah, I, I didn't. I didn't miss the acrobatics. I I didn't either, and and that's one of the things that I really liked about the prequels was that the acrobatics of it, and mm-hmm. uh, like uh, like you said, the the Ray Park, the Duel of the Fates, like uh, that that sequence alone makes Phantom Menace. Like when people say to watch it in the machete order, which which omits Phantom Menace. Part of me is like, okay, yes, but part of me is like, but that duel, man. Yeah. <laughs> 
that freaking duel. It's the best um, part of the movie. It it really is. Which and uh, a lot, but yeah, but um, <laughs> God, how cool would it be to see Ray with that? Anyway, yeah, it would. Um, so anyway, uh, but the actual the the fights here, it's it's very like I said, clumsy, and it's also it felt like a normal sword fight. Like yeah. it felt like they were sword fighting and that felt so refreshing because it's not stiff like in the original uh, trilogy and it's not this really weird fanciful like jumping around mm-hmm. force Over the top. stuff. Over the top, yeah. yeah. Um, it was very grounded and I, I loved that about mm-hmm. it. Um, uh, one thing about that final lightsaber battle between Rey and uh, Kylo, was <laughs> this is the one thing where like the entire movie was had a fair amount of subtlety to it. Like you said, with with uh, instead of having like it's a presence I felt since whatever. Um, instead of having him say something like that, he stops mid sentence and looks back, and then right. he says Han Solo. But like you know that that's what he's saying, right? Um, you know that that's how he's feeling. Like in like that's that's throughout the entire movie is similar to that. But I thought that it was kind of awkward when uh. When Ray and uh, uh, Kylo are at an impasse in their in their battle, and it's kind of reaching the peak, and they're kind of you know doing the whole like oh I've got I've got you now or whatever they're um, I don't know what the fencing term or the swordplay term would be for I that don't but know. yeah they're in a lock there and then Kylo's like I can show you I can show you the force I can teach you that felt like that line just felt kind of out of place to me it felt like uh like okay first of all she's not going to take it yeah. um, and second of all it just seems like that's that seems more like something and maybe this is more a credit to kylo ren as a character anyway maybe it's intentional but it felt more like this is something that the bad guy's supposed to say in these movies right instead of this is something that kylo ren should have said in this moment mm-hmm. um and that's a minor nitpick on my part but um yeah we haven't talked about uh maz kanata yeah um she she played an interesting role yeah and then the, the the grand scheme of the story it was kind yeah. of interesting. Um, it seemed kind of uh, a little convenient, maybe. A, I I don't even know if I'd say convenient. It felt a little, maybe. Uh, it felt a little plot. It felt like a it felt like a pit stop to to reach to take the plot from one point to another. Okay, yeah, a bit of a Deus Ex Machina. Somewhat, yeah, but more, not not so blatant. Yeah, it, it, more like a more like a well, we can't. We've gotten all these characters to this one point, and uh, it, not really a Deus Ex Machina, but more like a more like a just like okay, well, we need to get them to this point, but we can't really bridge that gap. Really. Okay, yeah, um, that's true. Okay, yeah, I see. What yeah, you're saying. yeah. Okay. Um, but the the animation or the the visuals of it was amazing. Oh yeah, and, I liked it uh, a lot. Yeah, uh, there uh, were some incredible practical makeup work in that mm-hmm. uh that whole like, it's it was the equivalent to the cantina scene and yeah the first movie and stuff um and, and i think it did it to great effect i i loved mm. i loved the practical effects of it right so yeah yep and uh yeah i i'm trying to think of other things to talk about well it seems to me when i keep i keep mentioning ray as the the one Mm-hmm. The last hope, if you will, which I hope that's what the title, the subtitle is of the tenth episode. Oh my! I'm sorry, episode nine. God, that would be. I awesome. hope it's the last hope. I hope she's the last hope. That like would be Obi- like when Obi Wan says, "I think that boy's our last hope." I hope it's called the last hope. You've heard it here. You've heard <laughs> it here first, guys. Like yeah. episode nine, the last hope. That would be amazing. <laughs> yeah, but it seems like you kind of don't think she is Luke Skywalker. Okay, yeah. Or maybe- Let's. 
Okay, yeah, let's talk about that. I almost forgot to bring that up. Um, <laughs> so yeah, so there's a lot of mysteries. There's a lot of mystery in this movie, um, and there's a lot of mystery surrounding Ray and. All evidence points to her being uh, a descendant of the Skywalkers, mm-hmm. um, notably Luke Skywalker's daughter, which mm-hmm. entirely possible, entirely plausible, something that they've hinted at very heavily to the point where if that's the case, I would feel a little not disappointed, but I'd feel a little not even really let down. I just feel like, oh, well, yeah, that's the obvious way. choice. Yeah. Yeah. Like there's rumors that she could be that she could be Obi-Wan's granddaughter. Right. Um, Which would be amazing because then it would open the door for uh, Ewan McGregor to reprise his role in an Obi-Wan standalone movie, yeah. which I want so bad. That'd be so cool. He was the best part of those of those movies. Yeah. Um, he did. He, he did his odd Ahmed best. Um, but and you know my my fervor for that aspect of this story it's not so much that she's a skywalker i i think it's it's pretty obvious that she's she's obviously the lineage of a great jedi right and i think it's i think she's the next i think she's the last hope i think she is the one who brings balance to the force Mm -hmm. i don't really care if she is a skywalker or not right i think it would be very cool if she is like Mm -hmm. obi-wan's granddaughter or if she is the lineage of some other great Jedi, I think that would be just as cool, if not cooler. Um, but I'm just excited about the fact that she's it. Right. And, and I wasn't expecting it because of, as you mentioned, the marketing was so well done. Right. Um, that's why, um, that's why I'm so excited about that. Um, yeah. And I mean, she could totally, it's, it's more likely than not that she is a Skywalker and that's yeah. that. Um, what, what do you think her backstory is then? Cause there was, <sighs> I think there were like rumors or, or uh, a conjecture along uh, around the onlines um, <laughs> uh, that she and this this can't be right. But um, so the whole the whole thing with her being on Jakku is like her family abandoned her there. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that this was a theory. I don't know where it was, but I would love the idea. I w- I would love it if it if it was revealed that she was one of. Like that, if she is Luke's daughter, uh, that she was one of the Jedi's being trained with Luke and and Kylo. Yeah. And then when when Ben, uh, which we didn't really talk about how he named him Ben. Yeah. Uh, that was yeah. such a nice that was such a nice touch. But it was. um, but when but when Ben turned to Kylo, it would be kind of cool if uh, if like Luke got her out of there and had her taken to Jakku. Yeah. And that's her flashback to her memory of, of her family abandoning her. She's been mm. there a while. Um, yeah. Uh, she's just taken to Jakku and that's, that's where she is safe and hiding much like yeah. Luke was. Um, and maybe there's some Jedi who's blocking her memory. Yeah. Like maybe Luke was doing it from across the universe. Mm-hmm. Blocking her memory, or which would have like made that, that which would have made my idea for the ending scene be so much more powerful. Yes, uh, yes. Oh man, that's that's a cool theory. I like that. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah. yeah, I think that would be that would be that would satisfy me quite a bit. Yeah. Um. There's just mountains of potential all mm-hmm. over this all over the story with these characters. Yeah. Um We weren't even we weren't even reindu- uh, reintroduced to the Gungans. No Gungans. No, no Ewoks. No, no Ewoks. Some there were some Jawas. Sure, yeah. Weren't there some things? I think so. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, I think so. I think there were. Okay, so we've seen The Force Awakens. Mm -hmm. Next year is Rogue One. How do you feel? Uh, I'm a little less excited for it, but it's Mm -hmm. not like I'm unexcited for it. You know, it's it's more Star Wars. I'm going to love it. It's going to be fun. I'm... I'm looking forward to it. Um, right. But really, it's just a wait. It's just mm-hmm. a. It's just to tide me over till episode eight. 
Right, right. Yeah, yeah same here. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I do love that they're doing that. Me too. I, I think it's great because, like you said, there are there's so much to fill in mm-hmm. with this story. Why not do it? Yeah. I mean, it's totally. It's a cash grab. It's a bit of a cash grab for the studio, mm-hmm. but I think the fans are going to love it. Yeah. And I... <laughs> Uh, so the opening weekend for The Force Awakens <laughs> came out to like, I think like 250? 238. 230, 238 million? Domestically and then like... Domestic and then... I think, I think it was like five something total. Like, I think uh, the overseas total was like 317. Yeah. So and together, then that brought it to... Okay. Like 550 or something. Yeah. Um. So, yeah. Uh, we talked after recording last episode... Um. And, and we talked about guessing what the yeah. domestic box office would be. The record was Avatar with the opening domestic weekend box office of like 208 or 215 mm-hmm. million. And I made the estimation that Star Wars would be a $310 million yeah. box office. As um, did Mike. I think he said th- like close to 300 million. I think he did too. Yeah. Yeah. And I think you got closest to. I said like 215, to, 220. Yeah. So yeah. congrats. Thank you. Um, yeah. <laughs> But yeah, and I mean, it's it's not a surprise. It was it was, yeah. and I'm glad that it, I'm glad that she, I'm glad that it uh, served the fans well. Yeah, and it made me excited for more movies. Mm-hmm. Uh, but obviously, the movie's gonna have staying power. Yeah, because yeah. I, I I personally know tons of big Star Wars fans who didn't see it this weekend because mm-hmm. they didn't want to deal with the crowds or yeah. you know they've got other things going on. I think the fact that it came out in December was a bit of a hindrance to it because mm-hmm. it came out the weekend before Christmas. Right. You know, people are busy doing things, trying to get ready for Christmas. So mm-hmm. I I can understand why true Star Wars fans who are family men or family women or whatever mm-hmm. might not have the ability to go see it this weekend. So right. I think it's going to have staying power like crazy. Not to mention all the people who are going to go see it three four five six seven times absolutely like i'm not even uh, a traditional star wars fan i've seen it twice right um the movie's on this i've seen it twice so sorry about that <laughs> and i have tickets to i have my ticket to see it at the state museum imax nice and 70 millimeter like, I'm, I'm gonna do that yeah oh my and it's so cool because they let you uh pick your seat awesome yeah so like the reason like i i got my ticket for not this sunday but next sunday so the first sunday of the new year um and I did that because there wasn't as many seats right. that were taken. Like next Sunday is like almost filled up, almost sold out. Wow. And so I made sure that I got like the ticket that was like the middle like I counted how many seats were in each row and mm-hmm. I got the middle seat <laughs> in the like almost top row. Nice. To get the best vantage point. Because it's I mean it's amazing. If you are in an area that has uh Star Wars in seventy millimeter or a seventy millimeter capable IMAX theater, see, uh, support it, go see everything there. Right. Because it's mind-blowing. There aren't many of them, though. I think I think Indi- the Indianapolis theater is one of, like, 15 in the world. Yeah. Uh, the, the Indianapolis theater is one of 13 that's that was showing Force Awakens. Okay. Which is, it's, you know, you can kind of... Uh, <laughs> Any seventy millimeter screen that isn't going to show Star Wars, is, I mean, you can They're kind of infer asses. that. Yeah, <laughs> infer that that's all there is, really. Right. Um, much to the chagrin of Quentin Tarantino. Yeah. Okay, so on that note, we can probably end this episode. I think we can. We talked about yeah. it a lot. We did. We did. Yeah. Um, and as soon as we finish recording, I'm going to think of things that I should have brought up. But <laughs> Me whatever. Too. Yeah. Um, that's inevitable. Yeah. I wish Mike could have been here, but oh you know, yeah, that would yeah. been so great to have Mike. Yeah. Or Feckus too, because I invited him, but he he couldn't 
do it. But, right. Yeah. So anyway, thank you for listening uh, to the Obsessive Viewer Podcast. And we'll be back, I think, next week. We're, we're going to have a bonus episode that I already recorded with Fekas talking about movie trailers. So that's mm-hmm. going to come up in a couple days. And then next week, I think we're going to do an extended potpourri to end out the year. You cool with that, Tiny? Totes. Awesome. And then after that, we're going to do our year in review episode, which I'm really looking forward to. Yeah, it's always fun. Yeah. Yep. So, yeah. All right. Well, uh, thank you for listening. This is me and Tiny and my cat, Pizza, signing off. (laughs) Thanks for listening and may the force be with you. Thanks for listening, guys, and for solving. Someday. Someday I'll be a huge fan. Someday. Okay. (laughs) This is good stuff. Bye. Thank you, guys. Thank you for listening to The Obsessive Viewer, presented by ObsessiveViewer.com. You can find more of our episodes at ovpodcast.com, and you can subscribe to the show on iTunes, Stitcher, or your preferred podcast app. The Obsessive Viewer's theme song is An Eclipse of Events and is provided by Loudlike from their EP, Mistakes We Must Make. You can find that and more great music from them on iTunes and like their Facebook page at facebook.com slash loudlikemusic. Any and all feedback on the podcast is encouraged. You can email the hosts individually at Matt, Tiny, or Mike at ObsessiveViewer.com or send an email to the podcast in general at podcast at ObsessiveViewer.com. Check out the Obsessive Viewer blog at ObsessiveViewer.com where we post movie and TV reviews and the occasional editorial about the business of entertainment. You can also like us on Facebook at Facebook.com slash The Obsessive Viewer and follow us on Twitter at Obsessive Viewer, at Obsessive Tiny, and at I am Mike White. If you want more obsessive content in your life, check out our sister site, ObsessiveBookNerd.com, for book reviews, author spotlights, and a general celebration of reading. Finally, if you're philosophically curious, check out Tiny's side project podcast, The Secular Perspective, which explores the concepts of faith, religion, and existence from the perspective of secular hosts. You can find that at thesecularperspective.com and subscribe to the podcast on the podcatcher of your choice. Again, thank you so much for listening. We love you. Be excellent to each other. Oh, my, my, I love yours. Missing your humble servant. That won't be necessary.